This is the Joy of Geek. Welcome to the Joy of Geek podcast. I am Rich Lepore. Jordan Alseca. <laughs> Back to the crowd and Kevin Schaefer. Sorry, because we used to do the I'm order a of Rich Short now. Well, we used to do, like... You're not a guest. You're a, it, It's like... Oh, come on. I'm, I'm like, over here just smirking. It's the Avengers coming back together. But so, but every time we did the order, I was always third. So I'm now you're, you're in the room. So, uh, yeah. so wait, wait, one more time. Yes. I'm Rich Lepore. Jordan Malsica. Kevin Schaefer. All right, for posterity. So, what is different? You may have noticed there is a different dynamic. It's a little sparkier. That is because we are all in one room together. For the and I'm saying times. weird things like I always do when we're all together. Yeah, year we're and a half. We're in, the yeah. same, we're in the same room together since Kuro's Con 2017. And in this room since before that, when we recorded our last podcast. And, together. oh, by the way, room. it's New Year's Day. It's New Year's Start Day. Start of a new year. The it's gang Blade is back together. Year. Yeah, hmm. it's Blade Runner here. Yeah, that's yeah. When you pointed that out earlier, both Blade Runner and Akira. Yeah, that's that's interesting. That is certainly interesting. Um, wow. So anyway, this is the first of our four best of 2018 mm-hmm. episodes that we will be doing. We are starting with TV. Almost started with film, but we're starting with TV, and we have a great show for you. We've been sort of talking about the categories and getting all excited to to share the shows that we're really passionate about. One little interesting side note before we dive into it. In this case, because some of us are separated geographically, we don't necessarily know everything each other has been watching. So this is going to be fun to sort of get some surprises. There should be some shocking twists, both in the shows that I pick because I'm a nut and I love shocking twists, and possibly in the content of this podcast. So that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to um, be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited. Obviously, End of the Year is one of our favorite times. So oh, fun. Yeah. It's just fun to do the categories and just have a fun conversation about TV, film, comics, gaming, whatever it might be at the time. I, I, you know, we came into this, we were, I, I'm really looking forward to film this year, and I'm only putting that out there because we're all together, and I know we're, sure. we're talking generally. I feel like it was a really good year for film. I don't, no, which isn't to blame. I think it had a lot of good TV this year. Every year, they always like to be like, is this peak TV? And I mean, at this point, there's so many shows out, it's, it's like, It's over that. 500. It's, it's too over, many shows. It's really. It, it is. It really is too many shows. Even in sub-niche categories, there's too many shows. Like, I love, like, it used to be that there were only 10 max, like, niche great British slash, you know, international detective shows. This year there's probably 50 or 60. I mean, there's just so much. And that's just one You can't little... swing a stick on Netflix without hitting a bodyguard or something to that effect. A bodyguard or a Marcella or a, or a The Sinner. That's actually not British, but maybe it is. Anyway, I never, I didn't watch that. It gets a lot of praise. But the point is, there's just so much. It's so crazy. Um, within all of that, though, I'd say maybe not the best year of the last three. I don't know. This year was interesting for me because... Usually I come into the TV episode kind of intimidated because I love TV, but I don't keep up with new shows nearly as much as you guys do, mm. and I you I almost always have way less picks that you know, I have yeah, my like, favorite. You're shows. a resident film and buff, then, yeah. right? And so like I always come like worried that I'm not gonna have enough to say. This year I watched more full seasons or full series than any other year before, at least since we've done the podcast. And so like um, I thought it was a great year for superhero TV. There were others that I really enjoyed, and so um, it was actually, I had a hard time making my top three, and I've got some good honorable mentions as well, so like, um, so it was, a, I don't know, I thought it was a really good year for Excellent, me. I mean, excellent, I, some big surprises. I, yeah. I was torn, because, well, you know, you know what I'll, I'll say is that I think this year had some really strong TV, but I don't feel like it had as many 
new breakout hits, but the like sure. the shows that came back came back swinging. I mean, mm-hmm. there were some fantastic seasons of television. Um, I say that for me, my list was really hard to, because it was a mix of the stalwarts that had come back and then some actually, I think, really great gems that did come out. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like no show gets talked about enough these days, unless you're yeah. something like maybe The Good Place gets talked up as much as it should, but still maybe isn't the Americans, numbers. maybe the Better Americans, Call Saul, mm. a couple rise to that, that right. percolating But even shows like that I'm behind on at yeah. times, so it's hard to keep up. And, and then I, I feel it, like it's the most interesting thing that's happened recently is just it's a lot easier to come to the end of the year and feel like the show's actually ended this year. Because I always, in the past, like probably with the first show or two we did this, before Netflix really got going, it was a matter of picking between half seasons. And, you know, the first half of a second season... Or the, and the, the last half right. of the first season or whatever. Right. And there are still shows like that. The CW shows are always going to be that way for me. Anything on the networks. But with Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, things are just dropping and you can just go into it's it. Constant. Um, so it's constant. So it makes it easier constant. to judge whole seasons, which is nice. It, it, it really is. You know, we've seen a lot of evolutions in, in TV. One thing I think is interesting is that um, shows that do something really unique it's very important for your show to do something shocking or unique nowadays because of the 500 plus shows that are on TV. A great example of that is Killing Eve, which I've seen about half of. But essentially, this is just a crazy show that just did things. I mean, what, what do you guys think? Just under, knowing, hearing, having what we've heard about that show, what do you think about why that show just came to light? You know, you hear about it everywhere. Yeah. Why uh, do you think that is with that show? You saw a little of it. I don't know. It's weird just... I don't know what's going to break through anymore. Yeah, that's that's honest. what I'm trying. I'm it's, trying to find the formula. Like it's it's outlandish because it's about you know a bad guy and a good guy who kind of have a mutual fascination. I guess that's kind of novel, right? I mean, it's the sort of thing. It's a classic of like those type. Like it's it's obviously it's at the core of Hannibal. It's at the core of a lot of True. profiling movies True. and stories, but. The either bromance or, or galmance or whatever you call it it's, between. You know, it's how it's presented. It's how it's done differently. Um, I. But yeah, it's it's impossible. I don't know what's going to blow up. You know, you see shows like we, we used to be able to have a better idea at upfronts, and now I'm just like, I couldn't tell you if any of those shows I'll, are doing I'll well. I'll give you a great anything. example. I'll give you a great example. That show, not that I would ever watch this, although I almost did for a second. Um, uh, what's the one with the dude who committed suicide? Oh, in little pieces. Yes. The show's a hit, I think. I think that shit, the show's a smash. And I would have said, Really? But then again, looking through a different lens, there's a certain subset of viewers that aren't us necessarily that watch the Good Doctors and the and Manifest. I was uh, my family is watching Manifest. that, and it's like something not something I mean I would watch, but we talked about that before. It's like that this is us version of Lost. Yeah, I was about but, to say yeah, this is us, yeah, but I yeah, almost said the, the Last right. of Us, which would be a very different. That show. would be I like <laughs> the Last of Us much more. But that's that's the thing is is that like the This Is Us that's a whole genre that exists now. A million Little yeah. Pieces is the most oh, yeah. is the biggest example of that. Shows are almost like whereas internet TV is going darker and darker. It's almost like network TV seems to be going almost more heartfelt and wholesome, like the modern families and this is us's of the world. Well, and that's being copied. I, I think there's a certain level of only the... When you get enough copying, you get people to get sick of stuff. And I think if you look at something like a show that... I'm surprisingly did not make my list, but BoJack Horseman this year did a whole really season-long that, okay. parody of like the gritty dark leading man with a secret and you know he drinks too much and he's an asshole mm-hmm. and it was basically just like this show up of how that's become so prevalent in prestige drama and it's like it is prestige drama and how 
kind of exhausting, and you get a lot of people doing really bad versions of it. And so I was wondering if that was going to make your list though, because I, I get that got a lot of buzz just as much as it does every time. It the things I loved, I was trying. Like I'm, I'm glad we have so many categories. I was right, trying right. to find places on the list for all these sure, different things, sure. and it's just it's hard because like they different shows do very specific things. Uh, like my my worst show has a scene that is in contention because again I'm still like figuring it's it out how it for is. my yeah. best uh-huh. scene yeah. because it was that good but it's just it's yeah. tough but you know we're gonna hash it out we're gonna discuss a lot of TV and you know potentially give you shows you haven't I mean I'm just sitting here and thinking it's like oh yeah I didn't see a single episode of Counterpart and I wish I'd seen that yeah, I started watching it and and but you can't get into that show without three four five episodes till you really understand like the complexity another show The City and the City um, I think it was a, a UK show it's based on a book by um uh, the dude who did um, the the comic artist uh, China Mayville, Myville, yeah, Mayville, whatever him. Um, he did this book about like two cities that literally exist in the same physical space, and like you flip between them in a way. And it only came to Breadbox here in the states. That's like just a really cool show that I just haven't seen yet. You know, so there's yeah. just so much out. there. I only like I said before that we started recording. I only just last night watched the first episode of Killing Eve, and I was right. like. This is fantastic. Right. I can't wait to see the other seven episodes, but I didn't quite fit it in, which is another reason where I was like, man, I wish we were doing film first, because I feel pretty happy with, I mean, there are always some, but nothing was left for me where I was like, I need to see this. And even if I wanted to, it probably could be like a long Kev- after. Kevin, on the other hand, does have some outliers that still need to be watched, right? On well, film, you had well, said. On film, yes. I've got like two more. They, I just found out one is drop it. One's on Hulu. One's on Amazon. Well, right? so yeah. today yeah. is the first day that Bad Times at the uh, El Royale is Ooh. available it. to rent. See it. it was like on demand to buy. They do that's the new yeah, yeah. The new yeah. life cycle. Which of is movies. frustrating. It is. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. to, For one of my movies, and I'm not going to say what it is. Although if you follow me on Twitter, you might know. I it was a movie I really wanted to see, and I wanted to see for like a year, and it isn't available to rent. So I had to like I did a trial on of Cinemax on Amazon so that I could watch it and not spend fifty dollars on a digital yeah, download yeah 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 exactly so that's the thing some shows they just they only give you that but yeah that's the new model right is so show goes to movies a month later pretty much you can see it on demand for 15 dollars, right and then two three four weeks later than that coincident usually with the blu-ray release is the red box drop sometimes and then obviously the on demand at 399 499 range where it becomes reasonable right 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 also, I will admit, and this is a tease for the next episode, I know I have some picks on my list that both of you will disagree with, just knowing your opinion. Oh, I know. Oh, you're insane. Uh, with, you guys are going to disagree with some of mine. Too. But I think but that's yeah. the night. Like, and that's, be surprised. That's yeah. the difference between TV and film. Because film is a smaller pool, we, we're probably going to... We might have a lot we'll of divergence on this just yeah. by, by yeah. virtue of having not seen the same stuff. Well, and that's the thing, too. I was re- I'm was i really excited to do the film episode as well, primarily because just by the nature of you, having, you living somewhere else, Jordan, we haven't gotten to talk about certain things uh ahem spider-verse right sure huge huge elephant in the room that needs to be talked out on this podcast oh and it will um so anyway that'll be fun to do um without any further ado though uh let's talk about tv all right so we are as ever going to talk about a lot of our our standard bear categories we've got favorite shows the top three we've got our most surprising show our most disappointing show worst show uh, we're going to have Best Actor and Actress, but we have some other ones we haven't really done before. Favorite scene, favorite episode, favorite first season, favorite ended show. Uh, we, we branched out a little. Film has, I think, we've in the past had a more robust number of right, categories right. for that. Came up with some more for TV. Nice. And then, you know, we're also going to do a comic show as well as a video game show. But uh, film and TV are, of course, the ones we do all three together. And uh, we're going to get started with that with our most 
favorite because I didn't see the category before I started talking. <laughs> nice. Not a lot of crack here, but uh, our most the favorite supporting character. So and there goes the English degrees in, in the room here. I can't write an email without typing the wrong your, so I just I've given up. No, it's I mean like I, I hate when people assume that we're automatically. You know, we're the worst, honestly. Uh, but favorite supporting character, uh, this is going to be, you know, a character that's not the main character of a show or, like, the main cast, but someone who might have only been in a recurring role or a couple of episodes or has a smaller part. Uh, Kevin, why don't you start us off? Because why not? Sure. Okay, so uh, I, this one was a little tough because, I, I mean, there are a lot I love, uh, especially in supporting roles. You know, like, um, one show I'm going to be talking about a lot is The Dragon Prince, and I love a lot of the characters mm. on there. But um, if I had to pick my favorite supporting character, and this is a show I'll be talking about a lot, it would have to be Nell Crane on The Haunting of Hill House, who okay. is the youngest sister. Um, she's the one who dies at the uh, beginning. So she only... I mean, she does get a full Spoiler, episode. Spoilers, sort of. So, sort I, of mean, but I mean, yeah. Come on. Like, yeah. I, I feel like... No, Spoilers generally, But I, I think... feel like 90% of our... If, watched, if it happens the in the first episode and it informs the entire show, that, like that yeah, show Forever, yeah. for example, then it's, it's, drive, it's fair to talk about. It's a we're driving think, force of It's plot. fair to say yeah. we're going to have spoilers in this show. I think we will tiptoe generally if it's towards yeah. the end of something yeah. with some of the categories, but where we can talk about it without it being major spoilers, or, or we're going to try to well, do our I, best. But I, I, will, I will try to preserve the enjoyment people can have in right, shows right. as much as possible. Well, I say she dies in the first, but no, she's dead at the start, like, at the begin, like, in that episode, that's what... Like, okay, let's further the spoiler. Yeah. Let's but, make it even more spoiler. Okay, okay. Right, so yeah, can but, we get the nature of her death now? You know? No. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell that, but yeah. Um, no. But, um, but anyway, okay, so let me just talk about the character. So Nell is the youngest sibling, or, well, the, um, she and her twin brother are the youngest, and um, she is just one that really captivated me for a number of reasons. Like, A, I'm the youngest sibling in my family. B, personalities. I, I really felt a connection with her, especially watching the episode that's devoted to her and her origin. Um, and just the way uh, the actress, Victoria, I'm going to butcher her last name, so I don't want to try. Um, but she gives such a nuanced performance, as does the entire cast in the show. Um, it's such a phenomenal ensemble cast, but... Nell is just a character who is both like innocent and kind of quiet, but also very strong-willed. There's a scene where she confronts her brother, who's kind of been a douchebag and is profiting um, off their misery essentially for his career, and she confronts him in a public setting, and it's a phenomenal scene there where she just really shows um, the different levels of her character. And I don't know, I just loved her throughout. I mean, even though she's only um in really in like that episode and then you see your younger self of course throughout the series but um and then in other flashbacks but every scene she was uh, on there i was just totally captivated i love the actress i love the character so she definitely gets my favorite supporting character very year. nice yeah um that's a show just how generally. far did you get in i'm two episodes okay. in. Oh, and yeah, okay. I, here the, the big problem is if for anyone who doesn't know every year for the past couple of years I watch a horror movie every day in October. Right, That takes right. up a lot of my viewing time. So that, yeah, yeah, Daredevil, uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, out, like, because the they're time. all... Yeah. Also, Netflix yeah. really flooded the market, as yeah. they do literally every Bird week. box. Bird box, y'all. But um, I just haven't had a chance. And sure. I love my like I love my plan again. This is the year where I, I only have one of his movies left I right, haven't right. seen. Right, oh, right. No, he, he was uh, your Gerald's favorite. Game, right? No. <laughs> that was your favorite movie of um, 2017. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Gerald's Game is amazing. Yeah. But, um, and I did see that after the podcast. So yeah. yeah. I liked it a lot. But yeah, that's really good. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I want to watch more of this, but it sure. just... It's also hard with horror because I have to watch that alone. And... No, and it's... Uh, and it's 
I, I'll talk about, I may talk about more in the film episode why it was almost therapeutic for me in relation to another horror movie that year. That, so I'll talk about it more. But like, cool, cool. Um, but yeah, so Nell Crane. All right, cool. Rich, what do you got? All right, so I am already breaking rules. Um, according, so how do you break rules? I'll show you. <laughs> allow me. Favorite right? supporting allow character, me. okay. Okay, favorite supporting character. The rule I'm breaking is technically, I read this. For Emmy consideration, Black Mirror Bandersnatch is a film. <laughs> However, it ain't no fucking film. It's a TV. It's, it's a TV show, show yeah, to yeah. me. It's an FMV. No, that's right? yeah. is what it is. But correct. However, I'm calling it a TV show because sure. Black Mirror is a TV series. Sure. Um, and my pick is Will Poulter as game developer super genius <laughs> Colin Rittman in Bandersnatch. <laughs> Now is this because I'm watching? Yeah, is this a character that only shows up in one of the alternate endings? That no, you no, 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 no. He's, he's he's the he's I'm like the he's one of the two or three main okay, supporting yeah. cast I'm members. Just joking. This like, the way this yeah. movie is set up. If anything, he's like the second biggest character. Gotcha. I'd yeah, say. Yeah. Have yeah. you seen it? No. Okay. So anyway, I'm in season three. I'm I'm ages behind. Well, I mean, you could. I, I, know, I know people do that don't watch any but... Black Mirror that watch just that because it's just so novel, quote unquote. I'll talk more. I went to a party last night. That was it. Was a big topic discussion. I'll be talking about it more later. Um, but essentially, Will Poulter... Do you guys know the actor? Um, he's this dude... I know the name. Yeah, he's this dude. He plays... Um, look him up real quick. I want to show you guys, so I want you to be able to All see right. this. Essentially, and, and in podcast land... The name land, sounds familiar. He, he plays the... Have you guys seen the Maze Runner? Maze Runner? I haven't watched yeah. it. Anyway, like, well, there's yeah. like this bad guy. He plays... You know yeah, guy, I know who that you is. You know who I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan? In... Just that guy in general. Yeah, I, I definitely recognize. Yeah, him. he's like he kind of plays like a like a like a, a little bit of a bully kid in a lot of things. Yeah, 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 and he's yeah, that yeah. he's that type. Anyway, in this, he plays very against type. He's still a little bit of an asshole, but he's like got his hair spiked up, like blonde. He's got like a cigarette, like a, a hand rolled cigarette. He's like making games. He's just a really cool character. And at first, when I found out Will Poulter was playing the role of like the the mentor game developer in this, I was like, oh man, I don't know if he's the right pick for that role. He's just like he just doesn't he doesn't have that kind of that per, that persona that would fit with that kind of role. By the end of the thing, uh, thing we'll call it uh, of ban- that is Bandersnatch. You really have a good experiencing experience hanging out with the dude you you feel like you kind of understand him he's got his own unique take on the world which helps inform the viewer you know on what your take might be of bandersnatch as a whole he, he's very integral to the whole plot he's just it's very interesting it's a really cool character but i think as far as characters that are in the supporting role that i really enjoyed i would say uh i'm gonna have to pick uh pick him very cool fair enough so for me this was a tricky one because I, I did my best to remember all of them because especially with shows that came out earlier in the year, it's, it's hard to remember every single tiny supporting mm-hmm. role. But for this one, to me, a thing that I hate is that actors will get typecast, um, which well, isn't to say <laughs> they're bad at that role. Sure. Obviously, they got typecast for a reason, but it, it can be hard for them to show range that they mm-hmm. definitely might have. They, they might not. I think... Uh, you know who's a great example of that? The <laughs> dude from... Um, uh, uh, he plays the bad guy in Rogue One. Oh, Ben, oh, ben Mendelsohn. Mendelsohn. Yeah. yeah, he's always yeah. going to be that Could he be more typecast? Right, right. I think, you know, yeah. sometimes there's the flip side of that where you get an actor who people really like playing one thing and then you realize, oh, they, they literally can't do anything mm-hmm. And then I think they put him in a romantic comedy on Netflix like this year or something, yeah, but aside yeah. from that, and he's just like, hey, what's up, I'm Ben Mendelsohn in a romantic comedy. And yeah. he was in Knowing before he started getting typecast as the villain, mm-hmm. so he's getting that. Uh, but, sorry, go ahead. No, but for me, this is an actor who you've definitely seen play villains and has a very distinctive appearance because he has alopecia. 
Uh, but Anthony Kerrigan. Okay. As Noho Hank on Barry. Uh, okay. Anthony Kerrigan, most well known probably, is Zaz on Gotham. Oh, okay, gotcha. Also played the yeah, Mist yeah, yeah. on The Flash. Okay, cool. But he plays villains, he plays heavies, he plays like these sure. psychotic characters. Um, he definitely yeah, uh, yeah. plays a, a mentally unstable character on Barry, but what's so charming about him is that he's he plays this Chechen gangster who's just like completely settled into the LA lifestyle. He's yeah. wearing the <laughs> polos and the belts, the you know, the tan pants. He's just super chill, he's like offering drinks. And he, even though he's... While doing cold-ass shit. Yeah, and he he gets Barry, you know, Bill Hader plays Barry, and he's one of the people basically blackmailing him to kill people, but he just treats him like his best friend, and he's, like, super nice, and he's super Mm. chill, and he's just, he steals every scene he's in on this show, and he's hilarious, and by the end, you're just like, I really hope this guy comes back in a second season, and... Uh, I've liked him for years. He, you know, before he kind of lost all his hair and was wearing prosthetics, he was in The Forgotten, I think... Um, but then, yeah, he really does make a presence as Zaz on Gotham, and this yeah. really let him show a, a lighter, more fun, kind of carefree side to being a crazy killer type of person. I just can't he believe. Came to, Good. Oh, and um, he came to Arkham Comics, like, I think last yeah, year Yeah, no, he, was, yeah, he, he yeah, came locally, yeah. and I would have loved to meet him, but uh, now especially. He's really good on Barry. Uh, so No Ho Hank was my pick for favorite supporting character. Uh, I can't believe Barry has ninety nine percent fresh. Like I did get he, it, I get it that that show's a big deal about the first three. Okay, yeah, I remember you talking about it. Yeah, like, well, yeah, 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 yeah. I was not a huge fan, but yeah. anyway, right, right. Um, Everybody else is. All right. Well, as far as things you are a fan of, Rich, yes. uh, you're starting us off there next. So going from supporting, let's get a bit more spotlight. Who's your okay. favorite character? Full stop of twenty eighteen. Okay, so um, my favorite character is uh, from a show that is an ensemble cast, clearly. Um, everybody in the show is pretty excellent. It's all pretty much unknowns, at least were unknown to me, with, with a couple, maybe maybe no exceptions. Um, it's, from a, it's from a genre that I don't generally watch. However, you will know that I love this show passionately. And this character is steals the show for season two. And that is Melvin Gregg as Demarcus Tillman on American Vandal Season 2. So he plays this jock guy, like African-American, incredible at basketball, who gets pulled from the inner city to a private school, right? And so, but yet he's making, like, the most of it, right? He's super popular, he's, like, everybody's his bud, and it's just this really, and he's hilarious. Like, he's, like, just a little bit... He's not dumb. He's actually very smart, but he always makes comments that are like a little dumb, and it's almost like he's playing it a little bit. If you kind of know what I mean, like he's he makes little comments that are just like, "Yo, man," and, you know, just really, he's just he's hilarious, and he is the comic relief in a season that, in a lot of ways, is pretty. It can be dark and can be upsetting and can be, you know, very real. But this guy just adds light to every scene he's in, and then later when reveals about his character come out and you find things out, it just makes it all the more brilliant of a performance. Um, the things he's it's just it's nuanced and hilarious and I just absolutely love um, that character um, and I thought the performance was fantastic so that is my pick for um, favorite character very cool this one was tough for me this is one of the toughest categories because um, there were there were two characters that were very not I don't want to say similar because that, that that would speak really poorly of one of them if I thought they were like the other but uh, they were both teenage characters, both high school stories that, you know, 
I'm always a fan of. I write a lot. Like, I've, I've called 2019, I'm writing, like, nothing but teenager stories. I saw it, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the one, I want to at least give a quick mention, because surprisingly, I don't think this show made it anywhere else on my list, and I almost feel bad not putting the character, but um, El- Elena Alvarez from One Day at a Time. I, I watched this earlier oh. in the year, both seasons. It really blew me away. It is definitely one of my honorable mentions. It didn't quite, and it was t- close. Doesn't that show have a laugh track? Yes. Yikes. What? It's 2018. Okay, go ahead. My, yeah. All right. Well, yes, it has a laugh track. <laughs> but again, smart sitcoms written well can, I know. can get around that. I know. Um, her story, and, and the re- the biggest reason I, I didn't let her have this is just that I watched both seasons this year. So while both seasons follow her arc and her coming out story and all that, it's it felt like I was getting both halves at once, so it just felt... It was hard to divorce them apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my actual pick, uh, go watch One Day at a Time if you. It's uh, really good, it's, huh? Yeah, it's phenomenal. Um, I've heard that, and, and then I, and I saw like a clip of it. I think it probably serves better when you watch it. Yeah, right? no, I mean, it's it, not it, something it, that, like just a clip doesn't do it justice. Yeah, and I, uh, it, the pilot has the m- the most sitcom feeling moment of the whole series is like the opening scene, okay. which is unfortunate because I was really worried because I heard nothing good things, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, but then it immediately like takes off. So it's not um, the ranch. No, it's not the right. Okay. Uh, but for Which me... Which Jordan also liked, by the way. My character is, you know, he's from a show that is clearly an ensemble. He's part of the overall cast. And it's called The uh, Ranch. I'm just kidding. It, it is a show that is very much in my wheelhouse. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, they're not super... They're focused on for a good bit of it. Um, and they are <laughs> the... Uh, almost, I would say, the yin to Rich's yang. Because my favorite character was Travis Tope. As Kevin McLean on American Idol, oh, awesome. Um, the other him major too, suspect, way. as it were, on that show. Uh, there, American Idol season two is really, really good, and it has a great cast. That I think, um, what it lost in moving away from the first school and um, the main characters, uh, Sam and Peter's like attached nature to the school mm-hmm. and that cast, it let them develop a new cast. They did a really good job, and he's really relatable at the center he's kind yeah. of a weirdo they they make a lot of fun of the guy but he's you know sort of like the artsier kid who's kind of a loner i mean i relate to that a he's lot. also very he's also a bit of a a bit of a liar about a lot of things yeah like he, he he fronts he also is willing to take on other people's ridicule of him in a fun way he's which i love ninja, yeah he's the fruit ninja no so watermelons that, exactly exactly <laughs> there's so many good jokes in it. you could watch it again and enjoy that but like one just to give a great example of that character he people to make fun of him started throwing fruit at him and calling him the fruit ninja and taking pictures of it and then he embraces it and he's like I'm the fruit ninja man just he like chops at it when they yeah, throw him yeah. you know and it's but really cool nice he's got a really good arc I, I mean the the great thing about American Vandal season two is that all the characters across it that show up in parts big and small like they feed excuse me into the bigger message of the season which I don't want to say because yeah I think you should just watch it and really experience it especially leading up to uh, the finale, which was definitely in my consideration for best episode, um, but yeah, there there was just it was relatable. His struggles, it was the sort of stuff where I'm like, Ugh, t- why do teens got to be this way? Because you know, I remember having it's some so of the tough. reactions like it's that so and tough. being kind of like, kind of being like, Ugh, when I look back. But he he, it was performed really well. And when I thought about it, it was like I watched a really crappy horror movie on Netflix because he was the lead actor in it. Mm, and so to me, that's that said, compelling. I really liked his performance as that character. Uh, so Kevin McLean from. American Vandal season two, uh, which American Vandal character did you choose? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I, By the way, I'm what did you did the... you like, Demarcus Tillman? 
Yeah, I definitely did like DeMarcus as well. I thought they, the, as like the main two, instead of having one Jimmy Tatro as, um, and now I'm forgetting his The name. dude. Yeah, yeah, the guy in the first season. They, they did a good job of splitting it across multiple characters. So American Vandal is still in my pile of shame of unwatched mm-hmm. stuff, but like, but Jordan's a lot of gonna people's be, pile of shame, by the way. Jordan's gonna be excited though about my favorite character though okay. because I can fa- I can finally talk about this show. So this was actually pretty easy because hands down, one of my favorite nerds on TV since Ben Wyatt, Cheaty on The Good Place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Very I nice. mean, I find God so, is Cheaty awesome. Oh my gosh. So um, so I'm through the first two seasons. I'm like I really just finished season two. Um, and I'll probably, at this point, probably wait for season three to come on Netflix, but regardless, I mean, I knew I would always love this show, it's just, it was just one of those things, like, when it first came out, didn't get around to it, um, but, I mean, I've fallen in love with it since, but, um, Chidi is just all around awesome, he's like, I love how he's written, I love, it's William Jackson Harper is the actor, correct? Mm-hmm. So his so. performance, um, is just a guy, like, what I love about him the most is that, he is this nerdy dude who commits his life to studying morality and trying to discover what it means to be good and ends up being too blinded by his own like scholarliness and knowledge and all that that he doesn't see his own faults and that's one of the most fascinating things about the end of season one and so i i agree i agree with that i think i I don't mean to steal your thing i think the one downside to his character design is he is the one of the four mm-hmm. that I could make an argument probably doesn't belong in the bad place. Right, right, right. Um, but anyway. But I mean, that bothers me a little bit because it's like... Well, it's almost like... about motivation and his motivations were good. His motivations were great but it's almost like a head over heart thing. Like he has yeah. all this knowledge but yeah. doesn't... But also I agree. he has kind of an arrogance to him too that seems... That's true. Like, As so a that's character, that's a good point. I didn't yeah. think about that. I'm glad I right, mentioned right, it. Right, right, right. That's true. There is that. Right. There is this holier than thou is. That he has, I, I always because they characterize that so well with and her. So how far are you in? Because like I can give you an example of this. Uh, Third little... episode of season two. Okay, so I can't. Well, now nah, that would spoil. Never mind. Okay. But like there is a mo- the it, the last scene of season two kind of exemplifies that. Okay, I'll have um, to see it. I'll but, have to see it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, I just love his quirkiness, his humor, like every scene with him. I mean, I love the show as a whole, and I love all four of them. But he's by far my favorite, and I just, like... I think he it, might be mine, too. Yeah, it just, I mean... And I love how they're doing the relationship with him and Eleanor and everything. How And uh, there's so many things go, going on. I mean, and, and, like, I'll talk about the show as a whole more later. But um, but for now, I'll just leave it as Chidi, quick, my quick, favorite character. Quick comment about that show. So, and again, I know what I'm probably going to get. I've had this happen to me so many times in life where I'm like, when does this get... Hear me out for a second. Where I'm, like, telling asking somebody about show x right and i'm just like so how long does it take to get really good right and then they're just like uh they, they'll, they'll just be like oh man i liked it from the beginning dude what are you talking about mm-hmm. right that happens to me a that lot. was with me and haunting hill house and trying to yeah and it yeah, happened to me yeah. with with when i was talking about um uh that game um um uh the the one that was uh telltale style life is strange that game, everybody's like, no, I mean, I like, like, Kelsey asked her, she's like, I like it from the beginning, I don't right. know, I don't have to tell you, you know? Um, and I eventually, like, love that game, but but essentially, I have that experience a lot. Now, season one, I loved it, right? And I was worried that season two, I was going to be like, okay, it's a restart, that's going to be weird. Of course, it clearly isn't that, right? But, like, by the third episode of season two, I'm uh, a yeah. little stalled. I know what you mean. Any, I'm a little stalled, I and I want to be into it. Tell me what how i can it, it gets even crazier from there on like it, i get what you mean because in the let me first guess jordan have, it's been good all the way through re, well the <laughs> yeah. thing, no, i know what you mean though because like they restart and then they're trying to let and then michael's trying to figure out how to end like there's a lot of repetition kind of I, in that episode two and three but once you get past that 
I'll it's say, amazing how much the story goes forward. I'll there. say this, and I remember it was a thing. People had the problem at the beginning of season two, and I think it's still something for some people. Oh, that is a Less thing. so is that, and I mean, I don't know if this is your yeah. experience, but the fact that they there are resets and personality shifts that happen on this big cosmic scale, a lot of people find it just a little bit harder to connect fully because it's like, you know, they're starting over, but you have all the baggage, and it's like, there, there's like just a disconnect in terms of the fact that it's like we're not seeing the same character fully, right? Right. Because they're getting rebooted and reset and changed. And but yet they almost interact in those second and third episodes as if they knew all the stuff that we know, which they shouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, an argument could be made. I'm not saying that's my take. Right, no, right, right. People theorize. Like it's, it, it has a lot of theorizing. Yeah, so which you're is not great wrong to do right. it. It's just, but yeah, no. I mean, I could see that. It never. It, it didn't bother me because again, I think the characters, their essential quality and their. It's not like they're interpersonal dynamics are changing between things it's like and it's not how like the cast going, acts is right and it's so it's not like going through the experiences of season one or that necessary i guess the biggest example would be eleanor where even when she's on a reboot and it's like day three or four she's a little bit more evolved than original day three or four eleanor was well, you know I, what i mean that's yeah, probably I mean, the part biggest of that example. would also be i think writing and character yeah. actors getting more comfortable with their characters type of thing oh well. good point it's inevitable yeah that's a good yeah, point yeah that's they're more point. lived in inherently so. That's a good point, and it's pretty—it's impossible to undo that. That's a great point. But That's it gets even point. crazier from there on. Like, I mean, the season two finale is really gonna blow your mind. So it's really so. Yeah. It still has like it still has secrets left to blast in oh, my oh, face. I mean, oh, you know, season yeah. three is almost over, and it's still popping off. So. Really? Yeah, and they have a fourth season coming. So I mean, it's just a culmination of everything Michael Shore had done before. Then it just into seems... just this like just a mesh of amazing comedy and wit. And also just the supernatural fantasy element. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, it's it's a show unlike any other. Yeah. I mean, it takes a true virtuoso auteur to make a show like that. Right. And we'll talk more about it. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Cool. But Skeety is my favorite character. I like enough. him a lot. So now we're gonna move on from the characters and the people who play them for a minute, and we're going to take a look at our most surprising show cool. of twenty eighteen. Awesome. Cool. My list is all a little I have I have several subsections, so I'm, i keep scrolling. Okay. Uh but I'm starting this one off. Uh, this was a this was a tricky category because there were a lot of shows that I, I think did perform maybe better than I thought they would, but but I also was seeking out a lot of shows, so I, I at least was hoping they'd be good. Um, but one show surprised me with how good it was, and and part of this, and I feel like I should be the last as many CW shows as I watch. You think I'd be less stymied by a network something airs on and like having those preconceptions of what the show's gonna be. Um, Yet, I went into this thinking it might be lesser than the Marvel Netflix shows, or lesser than Runaways. Uh, but Cloak and Dagger oh. Oh, okay. yeah. was my most surprising show. Thought you were going a different direction, yeah. Airs on Freeform, uh, which oddly enough, is not this is not the last time I'm going to mention Freeform programming what? tonight. What? Um, Cloak and Dagger was fantastic. I like, heard it was what, what, that, yeah. How many episodes is it? What is the it's tone? ten episodes. It's a darker tone. Like, they definitely lean into the troubled side of things and then what it means to be... Um, I mean, what it means to be a black kid in America, what it means to be a young woman in America and how those things can affect you, how they can affect how society views you. It has a really great setting. It uses New Orleans as a... Mm, that's unique, too. We don't see a lot of it. Yeah, no, they use that. They use the culture and the history. Um, they mention stuff like Loa and voodoo and all that. The... the, the I, I, I guess it's gang culture. I feel like it's not like the stereotypical gang culture but the way the cultures come together and they interact with one another and it just does a really good job of building up tandy and tyrone as really strong independent characters before 
Uh, they honestly, they spend so much of the first season apart for like the first four or mm. five episodes, even though their powers are bringing them together. And it develops their indiv- independent storylines and then how they tie together. And there's just, I don't know. I don't, it, it's hard to say that the the writing is like next level necessarily. Like, I think it has some of the clunkiness you get with superhero shows, but it just is textured in a way that is surprisingly unique. Um, and I just really liked both of the leads. They have great chemistry. They anchor their stories really well. How come well. I didn't hear anything about this show this year? What happened? I don't know. It aired in the summer on Freeform. It got a like, theatrical release, though, at Alamo, I think. They, yeah, they so did it in Humans, my man. Well, yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, not at the, Alamo, They though. did the whole episode. They didn't do that, like, oh, okay. that, what, 75-minute, like, oh, you know. How yeah, could yeah, they, yeah, anyway? Yeah. yeah, it goes to... I'm still not over it. Yeah, I know you aren't. Um, it also <laughs> lets... The characters go to the dark places they're feeling. There's like a lot of their depression and personal issues. In terms, because I mean, both characters are both built out of loss. Like the the series opens with uh, the explosion at Roxxon that leads to um, Tandy's dad dying and Tyrone's brother being shot by a cop. What does this tie into? Um, anything? I mean, it's set in the MCU with you know. It like, is in the MCU. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, they make reference again. Roxxon's in freaking everything MCU. Um, and you know they've they've actually no it's very tied in because they specifically on Luke Cage talk about Cloak and Dagger and Cloak and Dagger mentions Luke Cage hmm. like specifically the the lead cop on uh, Cloak and Dagger is referenced in Luke Cage and then she talks about her old friend Misty Knight so hmm. it's it's not like a, a it's more it's more of an intentional tie in than you usually get with the MCU where two shows had to talk to each other. Um, but I don't know, it's just, it has a really great episode that uh, wasn't on my list, but there, there's just one where they get trapped reliving the same, like, two-minute period over and over again, and are trying to find a way to escape from it, and it's, I don't know, they just go to really dark places, and the character, they let the characters do some really dark things without fully That's great. Like, destroying them, and I just, I'm really excited for season two, it, it did a, it has a great It's been renewed. Scene. It, yeah, it has been renewed. Um, I was really blown away, because I, I thought... I actually liked the first trailer when it came out, but again, just because of the network, because it seemed like they're such they're they're such odd characters that don't get a lot of spotlight. It was nice to see them get a really good show. So my most surprising show was Cloak and Dagger. Nice Marvel's Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, oh, okay, Marvel. cool. 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 Yeah, very cool. People wouldn't have any idea. No. Yeah, am I out? You are up. All right. So I also have we a have, superhero show. We have the same. We one, have the for same sure. One. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about it again. I mean, we've talked about it many times, but. Um, I will say Titans is the most surprising for me because I liked it. Uh, I was excited about it up until the trailer was released, and then that trailer was god awful. And like, and I was like, no, they're gonna ruin it. Why am I like, oh, this is gonna be terrible? And I, I mean, I got the DC Universe app anyway because I wanted to read the comics and watch all the old animated series and all that. So I already had it before the show dropped. But I was like, all right, I'll watch it on a whim. I heard at that point, I had seen some of the reviews that said it actually wasn't too bad. And I checked it out. I was like, oh, this wasn't too bad. And it only got better from there on. So, um, and I finished, how far are you? I finished the season. Six. Have you seen, that was the Jason Todd episode? Have you seen that? I'm in the middle of it. Okay, so you're, yeah, that was like, so, yeah. Um, but it's just, it's a really strong show. Um, it, uh, and... It, I, I mean, the reason I was worried from the trailer was it looked overtly angsty and dark to the point of, like, pointless. Everybody darkness. makes like, fun of F-Batman. Right, and, and it right. was just stupid. Uh, but all of that was out of context. It's not, like, it is a dark show, and it is not afraid to go and really explore really gritty themes. Especially, you haven't even gotten to the second Hawk and Dove episode. There is some dark stuff. Yeah, you were telling one. me. Um, It's an intense one, but, like, it... 
very much justifies its um, use of violence. It's um, yeah. Some of the None of it's gratuitous games. in my experience. I, I don't think at all. I, I don't even. Yeah. So I, one so thing. One thing I want to say about it is, it has a lot of balls and it yeah. has a lot of courage really to. Does. Every other episode introduces characters completely not directly tied in with the Titans in this crazy way. And the finale episode two is, is Hawk and Dove. Episode um, four is the Doom, Doom Patrol. Patrol. Mm-hmm. Episode six is Jason, Jason Todd. Todd. Episode eight is Donna Troy. It's insane. And then under right right when they're doing like a big like um, a big thing happens that is leading toward the season valley, they cut to a Hawk and Dove origin episode. Right. And then they do that, and the finale I can't even talk about without spoiling anything. So, right, right, uh, right. But it, it Although also, I saw horrible reviews of it. I saw that too. I, I liked it. It wasn't my favorite episode yeah. of the season, but I thought it worked, and it made me really excited for season two. Yeah, which is which is coming, and that's yeah. great. The thing that's crazy about all of this is that it doesn't suck. I mean, it's it's remarkable. Yeah. And it, it's the actor that plays Robin. Like, if I had seen him or even seen him act for like five minutes, I might be like, "Ooh, he kind of not very likable." Mm-hmm. And then Starfire is just great. There's no doubt about right, that. Right, right. Um, Rachel, her wig's a little whack, and 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 you forget about this stuff pretty quickly. But like, I'm just like, ah, oh, she looks a little funny. No, they, they and, were all the like, yeah, we had all these skepticism yeah. going in, and and yeah. then and then Beast Boy isn't even in the first three episodes, and there's so many things that like. Like, could have not worked and yet and like another thing it has no sense of place like for example they're just like oh uh, I heard some shit's going down in Chicago I'm gonna go to Chicago now you know right. or oh we gotta go visit this 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 uh, seminary where you were where you were raised let's go to God knows where right, you know what right. I mean there's no like there there when it comes right, oh I'm right. just gonna go back to Gotham and like go get a car and I mean it it's doesn't just like feel like a it feels more like a dysfunctional family than a superhero team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it really does. Yeah. Um, but at least in the first six episodes, it's fun enough and diverse enough to justify it. Right. Imagine in episode two, you get you're not even introduced to Beast Boy yet, but you get Hawk and Dove, and they're great. And really effed up stuff happens that builds. So I guess the the unifying factor with this show is that it brings in these other characters to tell you about the main characters. So they all add color to the main characters mm-hmm. in the story. So Robin needs Hawk and Dove to come in so you can see a former relationship that he's been in, so that you can see what these young vigilantes got up to in the past. Each time these guest characters come in, not only does it bring, give it give them backdoor pilots for later shows, right? Yep. but it also gives them the ability to color in the experiences of, the past experience of the characters, right? Same thing with, um, in episode four, The Doom Patrol, it's Gar's story. Right. Right. right so right. that is, although right. Gar bounces quickly, that's his background. And you get the whole story of Gar told through the Doom Patrol and a great backdoor pilot for the show that looks awesome. Matt Bomer's in it. He's right. the Invisible Man. It's going to be sweet. Um, it's a really good cast. Brendan Fraser, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, and then the sixth one, um, so far, as far into it as I am, it's just really interesting. They just that do was really a good stuff. For my favorite episode. They do really the good year. stuff, and 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 the the nuclear family is like the 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 big bad for the first half of the season, and like they're great. They're so cool. Yeah. Um, it's just a show that is so much better than it has any right to be. Well, so it's like the definitive surprise. Well, they not so much like as any right to be. I was just worried that they were going to butcher it because I mean everyone loves the Teen Titans and. Um, and not to bash a creator in particular, but, um, so this was brought by Jeff Johns and then Akiva Goldsman, who does not have a good track record. He wrote 
Batman and Robin and well, that's um, what I mean by it's better than has any right okay, to be okay, that, okay, the people that, that are involved I thought you meant the as, dark tone okay, okay, taking thought, okay, Titans yes, yes. and stripping out core okay, characters okay, that, yeah, that, you know okay, I mean okay. all these things that could have destroyed it I thought you were saying in the context of like a live action Titans show oh like, no 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 so no I actually right but like um but yeah it 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 worked in so many ways and um and makes me really excited for I mean I I think just in this one season of TV they've established a better, more cohesive and interesting DC universe than the live-action movies have yet to do. I, I, yeah. I mean, other than Wonder Woman. Uh, it's it's pretty Wonder remarkable. Woman, but, yeah. And again, when you watch certain parts of it, it has a pedestrian look. There are times right, when right. I watch it and I'm like, that's a little janky. Right. But overall... It's a show I want to watch. When I'm thinking about what I want to watch, I want to watch that before a lot of other things that you would think would be much more prestigious and better. And I know we talked about it uh, when, like in previous episodes, but being able to watch it, uh, I'm really glad that they, they didn't drop the whole season mm. at once. They did it as a weekly format. It, I missed that. Of like, it's important. It's so cool watching a show on a weekly basis and not binging. It we we wouldn't be able know? to talk. The problem with binging, it's great for certain people like yeah. to watch that way, and I get that. Yeah. But, like, you're almost required, if you want to be in the Daredevil conversation, to watch all of it in opening weekend. Right, right. Or else you're going to... And second of all, even if you do that, still there's never going to be the same level of episode-by-episode breakdown and analysis because there's no time. There's no time for the shit to sink into your head and for you to be like, oh, wait, maybe that's what that meant three days later when you're thinking about it. Right. No, because you're already well past that. So I just think that the binge model, it, it's got some pros, but I think it has more cons, personally. Yep. I get so. Jordan, have you got to start it yet? No. Okay. <laughs> Will you I ever start it? No. Right. No, well, listen, I'm waiting. It is another streaming service, I understand. Doom like, Patrol like. I'm interested in, because I like Doom Patrol. Um, and, you know... Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing, yeah, these are all the characters I like. I'm really looking forward to Stargirl, because I'm a big fan of the star characters in general, but... Um, Man, I, there's so much DC TV already. It's, like, it's just, but that's the other thing about this. It is, it, it's, and I think that's why I'm really into it is because it's dark DC, which we don't. Now, now, no, hear me out. 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 No, I get what you're saying though. R-rated DC, DC that even though Superman is dark, even though Batman is dark, it's not. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Well, there's no point here. the 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 reality is just the mature rated aspect of it. The fact that they're using expletives. and that it's justified, but it's it's not like yeah. Because what it's I just, was when they initially said it was gonna be R rated, I thought that was pointless. I was like, have DC not I has DC it. not yeah. learned that like it doesn't have to be dark to be good? And here it's it's not about that. It's just like for the show to be what it was, it had to be dark. In, in dark. And, it worked. In Dark DC, Jordan, in, in the way that you would have experienced in the past, can you imagine Robin having sex with one of the other Titans and then after that, the the woman who works the front desk of the hotel rolls up to his room and tries to offer herself for sex next? And then they go fight the nuclear family. Like, in the same... I mean, can you, you imagine that? You understand how terrible this all it sounds. Sound I know, really it, bad. Sounds, it sounds no, really it, bad. The, the, it, Titans sounds so bad. It sounds terrible. It sounds terrible. It's one of those you just have to experience. I mean, and you've seen... We're not the only crazy people. The whole world is under a a shared delusion that this show's great. Or the show's actually pretty good. 
One of those two things is true. Okay. One I, of those you, things you is may, true. I, I cannot convince you. I, I, you may hate it. I don't know. Yeah, you but might. Like, I don't go into anything but, wanting to hate it. No, no I don't I think you want to hate it. I'm just saying. But like, I, I will be. I want you to watch it just to hear what your reaction is, and I will not judge you either. I would say. I would say yeah. if you at least watch like the first two episodes just through the Hawk and Dove thing, I think you would get a good sense of what it's. I about. mean, if I get that service, I'll, I'll binge yeah, the whole yeah. thing. And I will say, it's not like it's like a total like. It's very comic based. There's a lot there for fanboys and for like, and that it treats the source material very reverently. Sure. Um, Mark Wolfman loves it, which I mean, I, mean, I know Mark Wolfman bad. likes a lot of stuff. So like, and he seems like a nice guy. But like, yeah. um, but that yeah. So that it's just surprisingly stuff. entertaining. Yeah, it really. Is. At the end of the day, it's entertaining as hell. And yeah, I, it really is. It, it, again, it's just way better than it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What's next? Bob? All right. All right. Next up is going to be. Uh, technically, you ended that, but you both talked at the same time. Uh, Kevin, you'll be hitting us with your most... No, not most. God, every time. Uh, you're going to be hitting us with your favorite first season first of season. 2018. So that actually also goes tight. So, like, <laughs> that might just make it easy. But, like, uh, I mean... Um, but, again, for the points we said of... like, um, And also, Black Lightning was a runner-up here. Um, I love Black Lightning, and that'll come up in other topics here. Wow, but, I'm surprised um, that that didn't win. That. Yeah, it was a tough call. Like, I mean, I guess Titans was just because it was like just so interesting, and it, it, I get what won me over was just like it had some of my favorite characters and storylines, and it actually did them well. Um, and again, much better than I thought it, it would. But let me give some love to Black Lightning for a minute, though, just because like is that it coming up later though? Because if well, it is, in, but in different categories. Okay. But like, um, um, it, but um. That had a great debut season. Did you watch all of season one? I know you started it. Um, I don't think I finished it. No, no, I'm unsure. Okay, but it has a great debut season. Um, and that is another. I mean, like I said, this was a really good year for superhero TV between Black Lightning, Titans, um, the Elseworlds crossover. Daredevil. No, I did stop short um, because we we fell behind. Okay, gotcha. With the airing, I'd really encourage you to pick it up again. No, so I want to finish it. I just I'm like, but. Now it's like, because cause the season two will probably be on Netflix. It will. Now they, it will. they yeah, did it like yeah. a week later. So. And I'm so glad they did it as a shorter one. They didn't force it out into like a 23 episode season. They could all benefit from that. Yes. Like if oh, they're really yeah. making Oh, this was box. season two. I don't know about season two, how far, how long it's going to go. But season one no, was like 13. No, it's 13 again. I think they really, yes, they, good. hopefully we'll stick Cause to that. Because they don't, cause, like, because Black Lightning, is, like, it, like, it benefits so much from that. Like, if I they're, mean, every they, one of them does. If yeah, they're actually yes. doing the Batwoman show, then they're going to have six DC shows. I think really they could all benefit from some shortening, but. Yeah. I mean, I love the crossover this year, but, like, it's just exhausting. Like, I mean, I, and I was super behind on all of them. I still watch crossover. Those are fun, it's too much. It's, it's too, much. too much. They're gonna but, kill their own. They're gonna right. kill their own baby with all that. Right. Well, I mean, it, it depends because there are people who just watch Arrow or just watch Flash. So I mean, there are there for, are for also, some people. There's you know. But when you started Arrow. that sentence, it, I thought you were gonna say there are people that just watch the DC shows and that's all they watch on I mean, TV. That's also probably and I bet true. you that's true. And that that and is an interesting thought. Yeah. Think about that. What if you just love comics and you love comic TV shows or you loved Arrow mm-hmm. and you just kept picking up shows one after another could, until this is your whole viewing palette? I mean, that's more than enough. One yeah, year. yeah, I'd say. I mean, with but, commercials, it's four or five hours of TV a week, so that's that's not. That's a good nothing. amount. That's a good amount. You get your screen time app, and it'll just be like you met your screen time. Right, but so as far as favorite first season, it was a close call between those two. Again, Titans gets it just a little more, just because like it had just a great ensemble of characters, went in all kinds of ways I didn't expect, and made me really excited for season two. But Black Lightning had a great debut season, and I love that show as well. Okay, Rich. Um, Favorite first season. 
All right, so I got an interesting one. Um, what if there was a podcast, and I then later yeah. they turned it into a TV show? Yeah. What if that TV show was about like some secret dark PTSD treatment center that treated soldiers but really had ulterior motives? What if it starred Julia Roberts? And what if it, every episode was only a half hour and directed by Sam Esmail? Of Mr. Robot fame. You had me, right? No, I mean, I know the show, but you had me right until that last sentence. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. If if you... uh, Oh, really? Okay, that killed it. Um, it, I really hated season two of Mr. Robot. It's it's not as great. It's not as great. Um, Then you would have Homecoming, which is a... I believe it's Gawker Media who does it. It's one of those big media podcast Mm, companies, but they made a podcast. And essentially, it is a word-for-word recreation of this podcast. And so what it is is... Homecoming is, it was like, I think, eight to ten episode podcast, or maybe the two seasons came out that way. Whatever it was, this is essentially season one of the podcast. And the original podcast had a phenomenal cast. This wasn't some amateur hour stuff. This was Catherine Keener as the psychiatrist on the podcast. This was Oscar Isaac as the soldier on the podcast, right? Huge star-studded cast. And I and I think it even had David Schwimmer as like the sleazy salesman guy, right? It was like legit. And then the film version is really cool also. So here's what makes it so good. Um, first of all, the plot is great, but it was already great on the podcast. And you can listen to the podcast one and it's, it's star-studded and amazing and just phenomenally acted and really well-written, really good surprises, really good character development. And they do something interesting using the podcast medium where they show two timelines and when they switch between timelines, you hear a whoosh sound, right? Well, in Homecoming, the TV show, Sam Esmail directed it. And it's very, it's got a very strong directorial vision. So the things he does with letterboxing, with lighting, with sound, with everything, play into the different perceptions people have, what time it is, what they think is going on versus what's really going on in this really compelling, interesting way. Um, and one of the things I'm going to talk about later also references this, so I'll save it for then. But needless to say, the show's fantastic. They are, I believe, making a second season of it. Um, I don't know that it'll have Julia Roberts in it. But Homecoming is just, if you haven't seen it, it's like 8 or 10 30-minute episodes. And by the way, everyone who makes drama should note, 30-minute dramas fucking rule. You know what I mean? They rule. And there's so much, so many shows that could benefit from having 30-minute episodes for 8 episodes and just do a really punchy, solid little season you know anyway it's really good you guys should both watch it cool homecoming cool, cool. i don't know if jordan well now that you shouldn't have said that it was directed by asma no i knew it was directed <laughs> by i just you know it was a funny way to say it yeah, yeah. a funny way to it was a backdoor way to rip on <laughs> right, Mr. Robot right, a right. little longer yeah yeah no I, I would like to check this out it, it was one of my shows i wish i'd gotten a chance to watch it's just it came out recently and mm. there's a lot of shows yeah so yeah. it's it's shows like that 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 i the other thing about it too is this and american vandal are both this way they're both shows that I binge watched, or at least I watched two one day, then two the next, then two the next, like really hardcore. And for me, I, I am a serial show starter. Um, I'm terrible about it and, and non finisher, right? And so for these shows, I just watched them and I was compelled to watch them all the way through, which to me says a whole lot. Cool. All right. So I'm up. You're Favorite up, man. First season. This one was tricky, too, because I had, there were a lot, I think, good first seasons this year, but 
this is one where, you know, I'm going to join the chorus of being like, you know, this is a show where it's like, is this really the show for our time? Is this the show with, with characters you want to watch every week? Um, but damn, if they don't make it a compelling watch. Uh, for me, my favorite first season was the first season of Succession on HBO. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Uh, from the first... What made you pick that up? I The first trailer. I was, I was sold from the first trailer, and I don't know why. It's just there looked to be... Uh, a, a, there was something oh, I there. Oh, that trailer. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Brian Cox is the great. Kieran yeah. Culkin is a favorite of mine. I um, like Kieran Culkin. And I don't know. It's just like... I like power battles. But yeah, there was that element in everyone who's written about But you show. don't watch Billions, do you? Well, I don't have... Oh, okay. Whatever that right. network is. Showtime. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, there was just an element to it. It's like, man, do we really want to watch the rich... Asshole, bicker about bickering. having money, right? Uh, but there's what what really sells it is at no point does the show a try to make you legitimately like any of these people. Like they're all horrible, pretty much across the board. Fair enough. But it still manages to make everyone empathetic. Like you, it 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 sells the fact that outside of Brian Cox as like the patriarch who did all this thing and built this corporation, and you know it's like. They're all the products of their father, and they really sell that, and it's like, you still don't like them. What they do is it's still not justifiable, but there's just an element of you get where they're coming. They come by it honest sort of thing. And, you know, it's just there's, there's like, the power struggle between the, the one son who's trying to take over the company and the father who has that illness in the first episode, and then, like, they're not sure if he's even still mentally there, but he's still running the company, and it's just this back and forth. All the supporting characters and the rest of the family... Uh, it, it has this really, you know, your viewpoint character, as it were. There's this cousin whose, like, grandfather is the brother that's estranged from Brian Cox. But he, like, goes there and he's all stuttery and he, like, he knows nothing about the political machinations. He's just trying to get a job. He, like, goes there with no money left and, and finds a way in. And then he starts, like, trying to find a way to make sense of this whole company and what it means to be rich. And it's just... Is he your point of view into it? A little bit. But, it, like, it, it makes it clear he's going to be, like, on that path, too. So it's, like... It's just this world, and it, it... I don't know why. It's fascinating. It's so well acted across the board. Do they do a really good job of, of like, doing the inside baseball of what these big corporations are probably like? Because I love inside baseball. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as as much as I know about how they're like. But I mean, well, no, I mean, does it... You can tell, though. You know how people say things have the ring of truth, right? Well, it's worth noting, um... Oh, it's, it's from one of the writers of The Thick of It and In the Loop, the show, um... Armando Iannucci made before Veep. Okay. Um, so it's like, it's it's definitely informed of that world. It's like you have corporate takeovers, you have them living the luxurious life, you have them buying things just to spite people, mm. like doing stuff like mm. that. And I mean, again, they're all kind of terrible, but it's just compulsively watchable. It's really well written. It's It's got a lot of really tense moments. Good that twists. Are like, yeah. I mean, I think so. I mean, the whole season is like built around this struggle and the way things go, and it's just... I, this this was very close. This was like four or five on my list. It was almost top three. Just oh because wow! I was surprisingly I, at, taken with. It. At the end of the day, yes, it's great when a show makes an important, you know, statement about the world has a, this theme that's really compelling and important, socially aware. All of those things are very valid. But at the end of the day, there is a piece of us that watch TV that are looking to be entertained tremendously, right? Yeah. And and it does that. I think, it, yeah, it does all of that. It just, it makes it clear, like, it, it never condones what the characters are doing. And it, even when you can enjoy them, it's like Kieran Culkin plays 
kind of the character you would expect, but like just as a complete bastard. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a whole little scene right in the pilot where it's like they're playing a baseball game with with some of the like workers of the grounds because they need more people. And like he he promises the kid, he's like, if you make a home run, I'll give you a million dollars. And he like writes the check out, and the kid doesn't make. It. He's like, I can't give you this. And he like tears it up, and he's like, but here you go. It's like quarter of a million because he gives him one fourth of the check. It's like this absolute monstrous moment, but it's just so. I mean, I got that. My heart just broke a little bit. Yeah, they then have to buy the the parents off because like the dad has to like buy them off and be like, here's money. Don't don't tell anyone our son did this. Not because he feels bad, because they don't want that getting out. Like that's the thing. You got him to they sign a non-disclosure. Yes, they will do things that seem good. The daughter will be supporting like a liberal candidate to presidency, but it's all to further their own agendas. It's not because they're good people at right, all. Right. It's very much like House of Cards in that way, I guess. Not that I've seen a lot of that, yeah. but I understand that like his thing is like once in a while he'll do something that seems right. like a good thing, but it's all about. Him. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But no, overall, I, I was surprised by it. That's my most uh, favorite. That's my favorite first season. Most favorite. My most favorite first season. Cool. What's right. next? Uh, next up, we're on to the first of the big ones, our, our number three favorite show of the year. Uh, Rich, what do you got for that? So I don't want to be boring, um, but this one's going to be quick because I picked Homecoming. Um, this is sharp. The acting is phenomenal. The twists are excellent. Um, but most of all, the visual style sells it because it goes beyond. it goes beyond just being... It's beyond just visual storytelling. Like... Like, you watch a, uh, a movie by Cameron Crowe or Spielberg, mm-hmm. and, like, yeah, they have style, but at the end of the day, they're trying to be a very traditionally told story, right? Yeah, With yeah. really good, like, if you... There's, a, there's like, a, a Spielberg way to do, like, a, a, a one-two scene or whatever they call that, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's a word for it. Versus, like, you watch, like, an Edgar Wright thing. And right, and, they're totally they're, and there's, there's cuts and moves yep. and, and... Right. Right. So, this show, what happens from a cinematography and a directorial perspective matters plot wise in a way that i hadn't seen before plus it's a big challenge taking something that's a podcast bringing it to a show and being able to say you added value at least in some arenas um so for me this was my number three show of the year also one of the things i have to rate is the fact that i watched it compulsively i didn't want to stop and i have to at the end of the day say that that says a lot for how much i like this show cool very nice uh for me I always like. I think there's like a, a, a pull on these shows to like do. We we all like surprises here and mm-hmm. like do things different and recognize things we wouldn't normally. But sometimes the the shows that are the, are you know the, your favorite of the year are just they're always your favorite and you love them. And uh, for me, my number three show of the year is Legends of Tomorrow. Um, nice. That show from its second season, you know, got rid of everything that made the first season such a bore and such a chore to watch, and just went. You know what? Uh, we clearly don't care about keeping consistent time travel rules, so we're not going to bother. We're just going to have fun week to week and do what we want. Do they just throw it to the birds, though? Yes, pretty much. Really? Because that's kind of sucks. No? There's rules, but I mean, it's, you know, the rules of time travel on Legend of Tomorrow and the rules of time travel on The Flash are kind of always at odds. Oh, they're always, yeah, no. Uh, they, well, didn't even yeah. Bring, they didn't even bring Legends into the crossover this year, because it was already... No, but they did out. reference it on their, okay, yeah, their, yeah, their yeah. episode, okay. so there was that. Yeah. Um, but no, it it is... Uh, uh, it's just a fun show. Like, season three especially got things to where they're just like... Is that this the one with Constantine? No, season four is with Constantine. Oh, okay. Wally was um, in three, right? Wally was yeah, in the, yeah. the back half of three. Yeah. It's just... They do whatever they want week to week. If they want to do a Coen Brothers 
uh, style <laughs> spy thriller. That's they're, awesome, though. Yeah, they're going to do it. They if they yeah. want to do a Groundhog Day episode, sure, why not? We're a time travel show. We'll make up a dumb reason for why we're going to do this. Why Dick we're George, stuck in a time loop. Right. Dick George Lucas episode holds, holds a special place in my heart. That, <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. Um, no, season three did a great job of, of really... I think nail. It's always a fluid cast. Every season it changes, but you know there are certain characters that have been there since the beginning, or who really came in with season two, which feels like a more natural starting point once the Hawks were gone. Um, but just it, it just has fun every week. It's always a blast. They ended the third season on just this big, ridiculous kaiju battle esque note. Um, season four has continued that with them just having all this fun. Constantine's back, and you know it's exciting just because Matt Ryan's such a good Constantine. Um, you know, every week the show is just fun. It's developed the. It's really like by throwing out the rules, it allowed itself to kind of rebuild its rules in a way mm-hmm. that makes sense for it. And how do you the end up caring about the characters? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, they've take, like especially the ones that came from other shows. They yeah. just blossom. I mean, now granted, I I liked Sarah Lance from her first appearance in Arrow, but she was really good as the leader of the team. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Roots, Ray Palmer got to develop into just like a big goofy Boy Scout instead yeah. of like the sort of tormented. CEO oh gosh, that was kind of had to be so on Arrow. And, yeah, yeah. <coughs> and, and the love triangle and all that. Yeah, yeah but then it, it, it finds places for these characters. It helps, it molds them to the roles they need to be without, like, breaking their characters. And it's just, I mean, it's just the most fun I have watching TV every week. Because it, it even when the episodes are, go too far or get too ridiculous, it's like, it's legends, though. It can bounce back. It can do these things. It's almost like ridiculous moments. It's comics. It's, you know, we can throw it. Yeah, and Legends yeah, yeah. feels like it's comics so in a way that book. none of the other shows do because it yeah. so fully embraces just, we're going to do something crazy and madcap. And I think it also benefits from the fact that four seasons in, they've done a lot of the standard time travel stuff right. that you always see. They can do an episode where it's like, who's the famous historical figure we're going to see? We're going to go back to... The making of Godzilla, the right. first one, and hang out with okay. the director of that and what influenced him with the nuclear sure. stuff. And that's things you don't see in time travel. They, don't, sure. they aren't like the hot spots of time travel. So it's interesting from that perspective, and it's just a whole heck of a lot. So of the fact that they've run out of material is a, is a pro. Well, I mean, again, there's a lot of history, but, you know, they did their uh, World War II nuclear scientists. They, did the Shake- they probably did a Shakespeare one. They probably did a Sherlock Holmes one. Well, they did a, they've done Victorian. Victorian, so. okay. Um, but yeah, no, they've done the things like that, where it's just like, yep, these are the time periods you usually see in, uh, time travel shows, and now it's just kind of like, um, they can get away with just not even time traveling in an episode and just having a blast. Um, it's just a good show. Uh, I, I love it. It's my number three. I have to say, though, I miss Hawkgirl. I know you didn't really like the Hawks, but I share a birthday with the actress, so I, I like, she'll hold a special uh... place for her, yeah, yeah, but, but I, I always liked them, but, um, but very good pick. Um, so I picked Good Place for my number three, and it's almost, like, hard putting it, like, low on the, I mean, it's still my top three, but, like, it was just, but it's just, I mean, for all the reasons we've said, it's just such a great show. It is, every time you think you know where it's going, it goes in another direction, and it has, like I said, a mind-blowing twist at the end of season two that is in some ways better than the season one one. I I Um, can't believe that. I believe you, but I can't believe it. What did you say, Sudred? I mean, it's hard to compare, but, like... I mean, I think the level of shock is yeah. is never going to be topped. Right, uh, right. Well, I don't, I don't want to say never. never That's true. Never yeah, say yeah, never yeah. with that show. But, like... I always... I, I felt like it was a logical place to go. It wasn't. So maybe yeah, I called yeah, it yeah. more than some... Because I, I, a lot of people felt really surprised by it. But to me, it seemed like, where else are they going to go? Right, but no, right, it was still right. a really great 
setup and i think season three like season one or more so season two before it is like yep here's the plot for this week and now we're gonna throw everything out and start again right like right. a new setup and and it i think manages that, that really well right and i think the thing i like most about it beyond just like that style of humor which i've always loved and i love michael sure is just like the way it examines morality and philosophy and religion it treats it very reverently and it like it's not trying to shove really any one point. thing down your throat that's it's a really, like yeah that's a really good point i didn't think about the fact that you don't it's often see a show that's like on primetime television that's beloved and is a quote-unquote sitcom that talks about Kant. Right. You know? That doesn't right. happen. It, it's it doesn't make fun of any ideas mm-hmm. or anything. It's like... it's Unlike Big Bang Theory. Yeah, right. exactly. Right? Yeah. No, it's like really trying to explore like, okay, what um, what does it mean to be moral? What does it mean to be human? All these things. And it does it that's cool. in a super entertaining way. And I love that show. Very nice. What are we at? Are we done? Were you... you were, oh, I did you, my three. I started three. with Hong okay. Yep. That's right. Okay, so now it's back to me, and me has the best game. <laughs> uh, favorite actor. All right. Um, all right, I think this is the first show I'm going to be repeating. Um, okay. There are a lot of good performances this year um, across the board, so this this was kind of tough, but I just, I'm always a sucker for an actor getting to play different than they ever do and nailing it. So I, I think... Even if, if it's, like, the one performance, I now know that actor's range is insanely good. Um, and beyond that, I mean, this is a ca- actor who's got a whole heck of a career, so it's not... But but he's played mainly, like, fully comedic roles so often and goes so big that to see him kind of restrained and play the straight man and... And his name is Steve Carell, and welcome to Marwin. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, but my, my favorite... My best actor of the year, uh, Bill Hader in Barry. Okay. Okay, nice. Right. Um, he is i it's interesting because like when you look at bill Hader, you wouldn't think hitman you wouldn't think former marine but he plays he the pulls part, it off he does he like sells it he sells that quiet kind of rage and intensity that he needs to have um you believe him as that character is the troubles that he's going through is like how pissed he is at everything and where he's at um i have to see more of it because the first two episodes i saw were were not like best actor caliber but it probably gets to that point i'm yeah i mean again i think part of it is just seeing him pull it off um which i don't want to like but but i mean yeah he plays big over that's what he's known for on snl is you know uh see see, i'm i'm hugely obsessed with um documentary now Mm -hmm. so in that one he does play some well i guess it's pretty goofy most of them still no but still i mean i I haven't seen a lot of that but i've heard about it no i'm sure he has to again he's got the range for it is what i always think yeah yeah, it's definitely true um and bill Hader's an actor i've liked for decades he's the only thing i like in pineapple express i don't like that movie but he's really funny in it he's obviously weird on snl he's also a great human if you ever hear him interviewed like he's just like he's like um he's like a john krasinski type you know he's just like everyone loves bill Hader. Everybody loves him. Well, I think the other thing, he's very genuine. I it, it helps knowing, like, the genesis of this show and where it comes from his own, like, experience on SNL. Um, like, the, the big thing, the, the, the genesis of this is the idea of someone who's really good at something but hates it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, when he talks back, like, and I, not that he's ungrateful to SNL, but, like, hearing him talk, it's like, it was one of the hardest things he ever had to do. Like, as good as he was at it and as lively as he was on screen, like, it... He dreaded it. It was killing him inside. Like the performance part, it's just hard. It's like he he was. It was a really stressful thing for him to get up on stage and perform, even though he was fantastic at it. So that's where he came to, you know, the idea. Seems like he's having fun. No, like even like even Stefan, he's always laughing and. Well, no, not that he didn't have fun. It's just that it was stressful. Wow. I mean, mean, of course, but. 
but right. like at the same time to, right. so so that's where he got the idea of someone who's like a really good hitman but hates that that's his job and finds passion through a different medium which you know in barry is him discovering screen acting and wanting to do that and and that's sort of being the struggle of the season and and for he, Bill Hader on SNL, it was actually the flip. It was being a hitman out in the real world. <laughs> no, but it's it, he anchors the season. He's one of he's he's honestly like the most down to earth character, but is still funny. Is still able to like he has one scene where he he's basically like his character is such a doormat that he does like the you know the the steak knives speech from uh, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, mm-hmm. where he's like threatening them, and he instead reads it like, "Oh shucks, guys, I'm sorry, we got to do this." First prize is going to be some, uh, you know, a bonus, and we got some steak. So he like reads it as a complete doormat of a character, and it's just very funny. And I don't know, he just sells the straight man character. He does such a good job, and just knowing how prolifically good Bill Hader is, um, Barry was a really nice surprise this year. So a lot of people really pick. love that show. Yeah, very cool. Cool. I need to go back to it and revisit it just based on your adoration and the world's adoration of that show. Yeah, favorite yeah. actor, Kevin. What do you okay. got? Rich might laugh at this one because he knows I have a man crush on the dude, but um, Chris Williams is as Jefferson Pierce, Black Lightning. So like, oh, uh, but like he's just the man. That dude, I don't know what, uh, but like, um, but what? I, okay, what I love about and I also I, runner up was Oliver Jackson Cohen in Haunting of Hill House, who plays the drug addicted um, mm, younger brother. That's he tough. was phenomenal. Um, but um, but um, so Chris Williams, I give it to you because essentially he's playing three different roles with his character he's playing a father husband family man he's playing the principal who everyone loves and is sort of is a big time public figure um in the city and then he's playing a superhero and it's rare that you have that like a superhero have that many roles you know like i mean because a lot of our favorite superheroes are not uh they i mean they have usually a love interest that they can never hold on to but they rarely have, you know, a full family of their own that they have to provide for. Mm. And um, and granted, this show takes place um, after he's hung up the suit and he's being brought back into it. But I just love the nuance that he brings to his performance every week. Um, he does a great job with the fight scenes. And again, he, we've talked about it. He's not the kind of guy when you look at him, he's like, that's an old dude. He's not like, that's not the guy you'd pick to play a superhero kind of thing. And he kills it. He, bring, he brings this kind of like, um, I mean, it's aged, I, I, aged, aged superhero, jaded superhero, uh, and does it phenomenally. I think, I and mean, he does a good job with the action sequence. He does a good job with the character drama. Um, he's just really entertaining to watch. And um, what was you know also one of my most surprising shows of the year, just because yeah, again the we talked about how crowded the Arrowverse is already, and this doesn't really technically fit into the Arrowverse, but still CWDC. Um, the door is kind of always right open potentially. Yes. Yes. Um, but, and fans are wanting, you know, the crossover, but, um, but it stood out um, from the other shows really well. Roger. And I think a big part of that is his performance. Very nice. I do have to say, just, you reminded me, like, a big thing with, uh, Hill House for me is just the, I, I, I know it's, I know he's good with horror and, and can do right, right. but man, the family's so boilerplate to start. Like, the fact that there's the drug-addicted sibling. It's a lot, And yeah, there's, like, yeah, the super, yeah. like... And uh, it's leader some... of the family sister and it's just so much about her I'm like so I thought that I... second episode is murder so I, I, I know thought... it gets better but I thought I would be annoyed. I'll talk about that more later I thought that's something I also thought it would annoy me too but I'll, I'll talk about it more later no no okay. fair, yeah. fair enough but I remember yeah, yeah. that's been like another thing no that's it's, it's, me it's back a good point it, it's, it's oh here comes the up. attic brother and he needs some money and she's it's... like never come back and I'm just like Ugh. it's worth bringing up for sure no no but anyway yeah. uh, Rich favorite actor Um. so 
I generally don't watch biopics and I generally don't watch like true crime as much as I love crime. Um, that said, somebody I was with was watching um, the assassination of Gianni Versace this year. That show is fucking phenomenal. It's wow, right? I didn't know the story. It's crazy that that's true. The show is full of just phenomenal performance. The guy who plays Versace is just insanely good. Um, the the dude who plays Versace's lover is um, um, the, the singer uh, Martin. Um, Darren Chris? No, no, no. I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> Anthony. Who, who's the singer? He's like a, a Spanish singer. He's like the most famous Spanish singer. Upside, Ricky Martin. Yeah, okay. living la vida loca. You like, said Anthony. I don't know how to go. For I was yeah, wrong. Yeah, you're, yeah, right, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. Oh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, they're all great performances, and, and and honestly, this could have easily gone to him, um, Ricky Martin, especially playing against what we all know him for. He's a, he's a brilliant actor in this. I mean, you, I first didn't even recognize him, but to play the role of of the killer Andrew Cannon, it's a despicable human. I mean, he is just, and then, and then, he, I mean, he just hates people. He's just everybody's like he he deserves more than them. He's selfish. He's greedy. He's he's mean spirited. He's angry. He hurts his mom. I mean, he just does everything that we think of when you think of like just despicable behavior. And yet, he does a job of humanizing that role. Now. Granted, he's pretty inhuman in the things he does. His killing spree and Gianni, murdering Gianni, and I mean, whatever, just murdering anybody, right? But he's just, you understand that he's a human being that has been, he has this mom who's just like seething and worshipful of him, and this dad who basically hit and ran, you know, with his mom and then ran down, you know, and basically taught him to be a con man. And when you watch the show, the performance meshes with the really good writing of that show and you just understand this person and at the end when they're all like coming down on him and he's hiding out in this house they cut the power he's just sitting in a cold room in a bed and i'm just like oh my god i know how you must feel right now yeah. which is amazing for a monster you know i mean no but nobody's a monster you know what i mean we're all humans we, that, that some of them do monstrous things but like he's also a person and it's just, and then some of the things he has to do in bars, and he's a liar, a compulsive liar, and he's just, and these scenes, and it's just, it's just a remarkable performance. It's just remarkable. And plus, another role I'm going to talk about in a little bit, of course you don't pass down that role when you're given it, but at the same time, it's like, man, that's like crazy to, to play such a despicable human. You know what I mean? And somebody who's so famously detested, um, it takes a lot of guts. Um, so that performance just all the way around blew me cool. away. I want to watch that. Um, you know, yeah, you're Mr. OJ. You love <laughs> don't that call show. Don't me Mr. OJ. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Nickname. Fan of. Got my Bronco parked. <laughs> Mr. No, um... no, you know where that's parked? Uh, a friend of mine told me it's parked in the Alcatraz Museum of True Crime in Lake Tennessee. Lord. So um... your Bronco can't be parked outside OJ. <laughs> Fair enough. No, the the I uh, yeah that season was fantastic. It had a great cast. It told the story really, you know, fleshed in a lot of things I didn't know. I mean, I was young when it happened, and, and I yeah. think even people who were all around didn't know the full scope of it. Like my mom didn't. Um, but yeah, the first season was great. I've heard nothing but good things about the way they changed up the format for season two, and uh, 
You know, I it, may, it still makes sense to me given the success of the first, people love a murder, which I you know is a blunt way to put it, but it is true. It's I mean, true. they switched the Katrina season they're planning for third instead of doing this one. They went with this one second, so it does a better job of instilling what the show's about before diverging. You know. Yeah, and uh, so I'm excited to see what they do next. But whenever this finally hits uh, Netflix or wherever as streaming, I'll, I'll be all over it. Um, but yeah, uh, was that? Yeah, that was it for actress. So now yeah. we're going to move on to actress. Kevin, cool. Who you got for your favorite actress 2018? So this was pretty easy because uh, and um, again back to an ensemble cast show. But um, Kate Siegel in Honeyville House, which you got to see a it's a, a taste of her performance um, in the first couple episodes, but. Um, you get to really know her. The episode that's devoted to her is, what is it? I think it was episode three, maybe four. Uh, is she but the person she's who... She's Theo, the middle one. Is she the one that, who runs the uh, morgue? The morgue? No, 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 no. That's the older sister. Okay. Um, this is the... The one like, that wears gloves. She's the one who, like, oh. has the conversation with her in the pilot. She's sleeping around. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, she's promiscuous. She, so, um, and she's, the actress is Mike Flanagan's wife. She's the one that oh. was in Hush, and she has cool. a small role in, um, Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game. Um, but... She the, plays the ropes that tie up the woman. Right. So, I haven't yeah, seen oh, it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it. <laughs> so, she has to play probably the most complex character on the show, because, again, like, you see it when you're introduced to her, okay, she's sleeping around, she's very reserved and very cold toward people, she doesn't have any close relationships, even with her sibling. I mean... She, yeah, she talks with her older sister and stuff, but you get a sense of she's very much distanced herself from everyone around her and just goes about her daily work, mm. and that's about it. Yeah, she, she is very much, like, makes these quick, intimate connections with people, right. but in general isn't very open. Right, exactly. And then over the course of the season, in particular toward the end, so I'm not going to spoil, like, what happens and why, it, where you see this big emotional breakdown she has in, I think it was episode 8, um, you get to see really why that is and why she's been so closed off and the progression of her arc and everything. And it is fascinating. And she gives just like a tour de force of a performance, but especially in that scene, but um, as putting it into context of the rest of the series, you just you see how phenomenal her performance is overall. Um, I mean, I've really liked her since Hush, but um, seeing her play a character like this, um, who is very different from um, that is is fascinating and so um just her vocal expressions of physicality everything the way she plays a very tortured character that you can't help but be interested in you want to know why she is this way and then when you do realize it you're like whoa and you get to see you empathize with her you get frustrated with her you want to learn more about her all over the course of the season and so and that's a lot to her performance so really nice rich favorite actress 2018 uh, this one again goes down to the gutsiest performance, maybe of the last five years. When you when you see this performance, so I remember watching the movie. Here we're going to talk about Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon here. Not really. Um, this is just very disconnected in a weird way. Okay. So I remember seeing the movie True Romance a long ago, okay. and I saw Patricia Arquette in that, and I was like, Oh my God, you are so gorgeous! I had a hugest crush on her in that. She's a beautiful woman then and now. But this year, she did a performance in a movie called, or it's not a movie, it's a four-part miniseries on show, uh, Showtime, I think, called Escape at Danamora about a prison break. And she plays the woman, she's a prison worker who facilitates the escape. And it is the biggest transformation I've seen in five years. 
it is i didn't recognize her she's a different human being she gained a ton of weight the clothes she wears the way she acts it's like she's a different person it is one of the most brilliant you know when you when you know like a type of person like i don't know this person in real life the real woman that she's based on but i know a type of woman that i've met you know yeah, yeah. or like i know types of dudes that i've met before mm. right she cat she encapsulates a certain type of like sort of disgruntled middle-aged government worker who kind of gets her kicks where she can is a little bit asserts power when and how she can in in these environments like i know that type of like bureaucratic individual or, or symptom of bureaucracy i should say and she just nails it so hard whereas i know if i looked at the real woman talking i know she'd be dead on like, it's just one of those amazing bravura performances. And I think over time, it'll be talked about as potentially Patricia Arquette's greatest performance. It's absolutely astounding. It's a really good miniseries, too. Cool. Cool, cool. I, I do want to watch that. It's, again, I th- what's it on? Showtime, I think. Showtime, yeah. I got access if you need it. We'll yeah. Um, hey, I guess that leaves it for me. Um, I went a little less serious than uh, That's okay. <laughs> these two. Um, Kristen Bell was also that one was a runner-up. Yeah, well, for this one, this is to me an actress who has been doing stellar work since uh, her show began. But this season, this year, I guess I should say, because it's like a half and half situation, uh, has really gotten to branch out and do a lot more. And that's uh, Darcy Carden as Janet. Okay. Yes. Yeah. The Good Place. Yeah. Um, I think especially if you have finished season two, you know there's a yeah. big reason for why she's mm-hmm. gotten to really kind of branch out and show a lot more depth uh but season three pushes that even further with a whole episode where she basically plays against herself the entire time um she just does such a great job of playing that peppy helpful character to begin with and has some great jokes i mean even if you go back to the first season with like the episode where she's cycling through different emotional states um and you know is like doing all these different cells but then this you know she has to be bad janet she has to then be Good Janet. Bad Janet was hilarious. I love that. <laughs> plays good Janet pretending to be bad Janet. And there's even more stuff in season three where she's playing all these different roles. And it's just, she gets so much range out of, while well, still feeling like the same character. She does a really great job on that. She also plays a bit part in Barry. She's in several episodes of that. And it's kind of like a palate cleanser to see her play a normal human being. Um, but no, she's just fantastic. And when I was thinking about performances... I, I, she basically got to Tatiana Maslany herself this season and, and play so many different roles. And prove that she yeah. could kill it. Yeah. And in season two, she has to, like, start developing, like, feelings, but not quite feel Like, it's like she's getting, like, right. a sense of... You're plotting you know, me, man. I, I hope, I'm not trying to, but, like... You're plotting but, me. Yeah, like, it's, it's, but I don't I'm mean to saying, shut you down. No, no, I just, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying, she she's not, like George said, she's not the same static, like, Yeah, robot. she gets to grow yeah. a lot. Because yes. that, that is the question, right, Kevin? Right, is, right. is, like, when you when I hear this as a season one, barely into sure, season sure, two, sure, where I, I think, is that yeah. possible? Right. Right. But, no, I get it. But, yeah, she, she's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, it was one of my favorite performances of this year. I mean, really, everyone on The Good Place oh, I mean, the, is doing career best work. I mean, the Ted Danson has had so many shows, and yet he's still giving it, like, one of his most unique, energetic performance. Like, first of all, also... For someone who's in his seventies, he still looks so good. I know that's a random thought, but I was just—he doesn't like, look like he's in seventies. No, he was yeah. a runout for me both for character and actor. Like, I mean, like, yeah, Mike is fantastic. Yeah, because when I think about, like, I mean, as far as ensemble shows, it was Honey. Dancing's performance and damage is just called, and they're pissed. <laughs> um, all right, so we've been we've been on a high for a while, so let's maybe mellow out a little bit um, with our most back. disappointing episode or show of uh, we could do I actually do have one for the okay so I got there you go well Rich right. oh good I'm glad I can start because I have two 
I actually maybe have three, but I'll do two. Um, things are disappointing. It happens. Um, you have expectations, and they aren't met, and uh, it's unfortunate. Um, king of this. Mr. Robot really knows how to nail that category, by the way. <laughs> that said, I'm going to get back to season three, and I am going to finish it because it was announced this year season four is the finals coming right. out in 2019. That's good. Four seasons, that's about right, right? Yeah. Um, I think my favorite show last season, was it was Westworld, right? Was that number one? Yeah. yeah. That was the pick. This year, it's my most disappointing show. It was up there. It was, this is my most yeah. disappointing show. Now, I'm about five episodes in, five months after the show had its finale. Right. And I've Something's heard, not right about it. I haven't that, heard good sure. things about the finale. So. That's fucked yeah. up. Yeah. That's not right. Yeah. In, in any universe where the season of Westworld 1 exists, that should not be a fact that I haven't finished Westworld. Um, there are highs, though, and I'm going to talk about one of those later. But, I know, okay, I know, yeah. but overall, here are the things that fundamentally piss me off. <laughs> I could really nail. I could say number Can I one. Check out for this. Not that I'm dying. To no, get no, yeah, no, no, no. I'll be, it, I'll be real yeah, vague. Yeah. Dolores isn't Dolores anymore. Yeah. That's. I'll just leave it at that. She is not the same character she was in season one, and everything I like about her is pretty much gone. At least in the first half. I hate that. Um, the show is much, much less about how the park is run about all the cool dynamics between reality and, and fakeness. And now it's just one big maelstrom of violence and expensive sets and I don't know. I think the the, the story is is so much less compelling this season. There's just so many things. And, I, and because of the spoiler thing I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain. But I will just say I'm like six episodes in and like it's a slog, man. Yeah. I, I hope it gets better. Yeah. But I am just that was one I was gonna suggest for you because I know I, you thought, yeah, also no, I, I thought about that I, or is it my turn now? Or? Well, I'd be next. Yeah, go ahead. Wanna... Yeah. Okay, well, well uh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, unless it is Westworld. Like, if you're listening <laughs> No, I, okay. I, I, okay. I, I thought of another one. <laughs> like, there's no way to... All right, uh, well, I'll say this, and I, I'm curious, because I want to ask this. Do you think it's a matter of, like, Westworld, the first season was so... I don't want to say vague, but was, like, so nebulous? Do you think it was a matter of when there they had so to make it concrete, like, yeah. it couldn't have been what everyone wanted it to be? Or No. What I think it is is that by the end of season one, things happen that I knew we were doomed. You know what I mean? Like, I knew by the end of season one, I was like, unless they really, like, refresh or reset some of the f- fundamentals about this setup, this is going to be a clusterfuck season. It's going to be a... The shit hits the fan. Everybody, there's blood everywhere, and and now it's a show that asks me to both understand that these are robots that can be reset and retweaked at any time, and to give a shit about what they're feeling. And I can't do both. You know what I mean? Like it's and that's the fundamental problem. They think that for an episode they can take me into, um, what's the world? The Shogun world. Yeah, yeah. And bring me into that, like you know, the the this whole like you know intimate intricate heartbreaking drama of of you know you know like a like a crouching tiger hidden dragon but almost everybody involved in said drama is a is a robot host that could be reset at any moment and emotions could be turned right back at any moment and i'm supposed to give a shit like it'd be one thing if they'd made a really hard choice and they'd said something like and they didn't do this i'm not spoiling anything they'd said something like okay from this point onward hosts are off the programming grid now what happens to them defines their personalities, they're cognitive, they're, they're, this is real now. But the fact that, and it's demonstrated multiple times, is a little dial and they can go doot, 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 
doot, doot, doot, and they can erase memories, they can make you meaner or happier, and, and if that's possible, there's no there there when it comes to the drama, and it's really fucking with me. So that's one of the problems, but really for me, I love the dynamic between the park and the and and the and the world. The control center, yeah. Right, the yeah. control sorry, yeah, great point. The control center was like half of the season and the other half was out in the world. And that was awesome. It's like here are the masters, here are the people under their control, and here's how that dynamic crosses over with characters like Bernard and Dolores having relation, you know. Right. That it was there was that interplay. But by the end of season one, I knew that was probably gone, and I was just hoping beyond hope when I heard the creators say, like, this next season's going to be bloody, and it's going to be a battle, and it's going to be torturous. And I was like, that doesn't sound like the show I want, man. So, anyway, that's yeah. why. Okay. Just I hope curious. that's not too spoilery. No, I'm I'm, I'm not going to watch that show for ages. Season one, man. Season one's so good. And it's also enough. Like, season one is enough. Yeah, that's yeah. the other problem. It's perfect as is. Okay. All right, so disappointing for me was a little tricky. Uh, there, were, there were some disappointing shows this year, but honestly, it was kind of a race to the bottom for Marvel Netflix, um, with the exception of Daredevil, which I have not watched yet. What? Um, again, October was just... You haven't watched it. Daredevil? Watched the first three episodes. Um, look, I mean, on. here's... That bodes poorly. No, what I think it bodes is that um, whatever else we say about Marvel, or Netflix canceling all their Marvel shows, for a year's too many. Like, they, cr- they put out four seasons this yeah, year. Yeah, they did. Like, I was exhausted by the time Luke Cage came out just because it was like, man, every three months. That's essentially, I mean, they basically, it's an episode a week. Yeah. It's just straight up one episode a week all year. There's no stopping. Right. I mean, we're going to roll right into Punisher in the new year, and uh, yeah, it's just... And then that'll get canceled two days after it's yep. done airing. And then same for Jessica Jones, because let's be honest, they're cleaning the When's house season off. three? Uh, uh, I know that. That's the last right. one, but I'm not yeah. sure when it is. Okay. Um, but yeah, of the two, now granted, I haven't watched Iron Fist yet. Uh, we honestly, we were just like, do we care about Iron Fist? It had already been canceled. I mean, right. I've heard it's better, but we just haven't watched it yet. And I also it's... heard it kind of ends on a cliffhanger, too. Of oh, course they all, it does. They all of do. course it does. Yeah. Like, uh, I, uh, Luke Cage did as well, but, you know, I'm kind of glad that got canceled because it went to a weird place. Um, but for me, the one that I was most disappointed by was the one that I thought fell the farthest, and that's Jessica Jones Season 2 uh, was my most disappointing show of the year. But you also really liked it. I thought I remember you saying you really liked it. I thought it was better than what we'd been getting for a while, which was Iron Fist and Defenders. Uh And I would say that still. It's like it's definitely better than Iron Fist and Defenders, but it's just... Because some of the reviews say by the halfway through it gets really good. It's just a messy season. It It takes a really long time to find its plot, as it were, in terms of who the villain is and what the theme of the season is. And maybe it's one of those things where, you know... You go back and rewatch something from the beginning. You can see the themes a little clearer from the start sure. when you know what they are, but it does that, a bad job not selling good. it. Yeah, that's not a good um, thing. You shouldn't need to have for future knowledge to enjoy the first half of the season. And again, it kind of it, it falls into those traps of prestige dramas that I hate, where it's like, was your character ever at all involved with drugs? Relapse time, baby! And it does that so hard with Trish. Who was one of my favorite characters in any Marvel Netflix show in the first season, and she relapsed so hard. And not just that, goes like full villain to the point that it's just like, yeah, they're setting stuff up for season three that's gonna play out with her. But it's like, man, I just don't like her anymore. And and it's kind of across the board where there's just all these characters getting ruined or, or played oh. for kind of fools, and it's just don't, like don't, what, what sells it is that Kristen Ritter's performance is still great. She probably does. She has a, a fairly strong arc throughout. There are strong individual episodes, but just. 
at the end of the day when we were done, it was like, I'm glad that's over. And you, you don't want to feel I that, know that feeling. I know that feeling too well, unfortunately. Um, a lot of that Marvel Netflix stuff feels that way to me. Um, and then, you know, Luke Cage was a show that came very close, but I, I think gets by on the strength of what... Even though the story was told poorly, has one of the best Netflix villains with Bushmaster. And, um... Plus, you have the benefit of that isn't as disappointing because you didn't love it as much. Well, yeah, the first season of Luke Cage ends on a really weird. The whole everything once uh, it switches to um, Diamondback is like kind of strange, and there's just you know they play up. I, I there's there's an element to Luke Cage too I like where they play up the corniness and kind of he's a dickness of Luke Cage, but. Um, you know, and if nothing else, Luke Cage season two gave us Luke Cage's god awful dab, so I will always be thankful for that. Um, but yeah, season two of Jessica Jones, my most disappointing. Okay. Um, we, this is a good opportunity for us to talk just real briefly about the demise of uh, Marvel and Netflix, and we'll talk more about this next year when it's all official, I'm sure. But what do you think, Jordan? We've talked a little bit, Kevin and I. What do you think was the nail in the coffin for this? So, and I'm just going to put out the, the players on the field, right? So, so we got. Marvel slash Disney is Disney, I should say, is making their own streaming service starts next year, right? Right. Yes. The streaming service right, starts right. next yes. year, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, Marvel had a deal with Netflix that lasted a certain length of time um, to make shows, and I get, and I think my understanding is they have options to make them as long as they choose to make them. I think that's the way I understood it. Yes. Um, and it's been said, whether it's true or not that Marvel has not it doesn't have I mean it's a, it's a it's a PG-13 max rated thing Disney's new streaming service. So there is not going to be any taking of any of this world that's been built on Netflix and brought over there. That's a fact. We know that. I mean they could bring it to Hulu if they really wanted to. Oh, okay. I mean at this point with with the Fox buyout they're majority owners of Hulu, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So. Okay, so so that 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 being an outside possibility. So with all of that being said, people have different theories. What is your thought on what really killed it? Why do you cancel Daredevil? I think it's as simple as that. You know, so many people who are fans of the Marvel stuff focused on the Marvel stuff, but I mean, if you look across the board, they're canceling most everything they aren't full owners of. I mean, you look at a show like American Vandal that doesn't cost much to make and is critically lauded and probably has... I mean, we don't know the viewer numbers, but, you know, when you look at Daredevil and its viewer numbers compared... or its search interest or whatever the metrics they're using are, and, you know, they cancel that, it's because they want to... As streaming services get more popular and there are more competitors, they want to keep it in-house. They want things they fully own and can produce and merchandise off of. And that's kind of been their move. They've been canceling shows of that style that they don't, they either don't own at all or that they co-produced and focusing on like the fully in-house Netflix original. And doing stuff. things like buying out Mark Millar's life and soul. Yeah. yeah. So that everything he makes can be done like that. Yeah, so it can be a Netflix-only project. I mean, in as much as Mark Miller still owns parts of it. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just generally a business plan where they're like, when they started, the goal was produce as much stuff as possible, and they're still clearly on that track with all the stuff they are producing, but they just want to, like, the goal is to maximize profit. I mean, that's any company's goal at the end of yeah, the day. Yeah, yes, but, but, but look at HBO. And they went through that evolution where they started jumping up, like there was some leadership that came in that maybe wasn't the best. And they started ramping up the number of projects. And and the quality was suffering. And HBO's brand got hurt as a result. Um, and then they've tapered that back now. There's less shows and they're better. That's like the game. And, and, yeah, but they're still, and like, that's a lesson to be learned, though. that again, though. 
Like, everyone's pushing towards that. It's a matter of flood with content. People, like, networks now have to compete on the sense that they are the only thing their customer's going to watch. In the streaming age, that's, like, where the model's going. Disney Plus wants to be your network for entertainment. And so, I, if you're I looking guess. specifically at that, it makes sense that they don't want a product that's going to also give money to their competitor. So, I mean, strictly on Disney, on the Marvel side, maybe that, but just generally that's been their goal. So do you, so, so that is, that is one of the big theories, right? And, and, and a lot of analysts have said they don't want to be promoting or investing a ton of money in something that's going to event, essentially promote a brand they don't own. Yeah. And that's being served elsewhere and it's going to basically, ooh, you love Marvel's Daredevil season three or season four if they made it? Why don't you check out a bunch of shit that's on Disney streaming service? You know, which doesn't make any sense. There's no, but but to me, it seems like as huge as Marvel is. Like all of that's true. I get all of what you said, and I've heard some of it, not all of it. Some of that was new to me, which I liked. But at the end of the day, why don't they just want to have the best two or three of those shows? And they're not that expensive to make, and just make them. Why not? I, I, why not make Daredevil season four? Why not make J- maybe not Jessica Jones? Why not make Daredevil and Punisher for the next three years? Why not do that and just grab that chunk of Marvel? Yeah, I, I just don't. That just yeah. blows my mind as to why they would make that decision. Like we we understood now because they want they don't want their big superhero show to be Daredevil. They want their big superhero show to be the Umbrella Academy or whatever Mark Miller product they own, which is a big superhero show that they fully own as opposed to a big superhero show that they partially own. I mean, I get that, but you, it's like they can have both, you know? They can have both and yeah. then just promote the hell out of Umbrella Academy. I don't know. It's, That's the they, trick I with, mean, a, think, with a show being in a three-company deal, Netflix, Marvel, and Disney, it's a juggernaut to deal with. you got to look at it from the perspective of they expanded so much, and, if, you know, there have been the rumblings of Netflix's money problems or the fact that they're, they've overextended themselves. When you also look at them having to be defensive, they need to shrink back, and if they're going to look to cancel stuff... You it know, probably should be the least the stuff they don't own. I see what you're saying. So that that starts to make it make more sense. If we were still in the buy everything in sight mode, maybe they wouldn't have made these decisions. But because they're in a more conservative, yeah, I mean, you got to look at it from the perspective of it takes like a year to two years for these things to get made. So they're still putting out just a shit ton of stuff. But that's because these are deals they've been doing for two, three years in the past. I mean, in the future, they're still going to put out a lot of content. I don't think they're ever going to go back to like when Orange is the New Black premiered and they had a new show every three months, but you know they're gonna have to scale back a little um interesting okay well that's that that's a good holistic look at it i'm glad i asked because that really does put it more in perspective that it's not just about the marvel shows it's about everything yeah netflix also, never canceled anything before well also pretty wonder, much like because again a lot of it is what you need is the subscription number and you have so many shows that you know hit so many markets it's like how much do you need daredevil specifically if i feel you like have, you do but I, i'm just saying it's like people subscribe to watch you know queer eye or nailed it and you know then they have access to everything else or they might like because they're so widespread in content they probably can't afford because even if they cancel daredevil how many people are really going to cancel their netflix account well because that's daredevil's gone that's the thing about netflix though and i always make this argument when i worked at a cable company glad i can say that in the past tense now and <laughs> And I would always say, like, you know, that one of the sales strategies they give us from a sales perspective was um, tell people you're spending $11 on Netflix and $12 on Hulu. Why don't you cancel those and get cable, right? And I, <laughs> you think I'm kidding. You think it's I'm kidding. So... You think I'm joking. That's dead serious. Like, that was what we were supposed to do. And I just didn't do it because I was like, and I would say to people straight up, I'd be like, you know, 
you're not canceling Netflix, I know that. So let's move on. You know what I mean? Like, that isn't happening. Right, right. People, everybody has Netflix. Or they have an uncle with Netflix. And that's that, right? Which is, it's just, it's so ludicrous to think that people are going to not have Netflix. So yes, that is a good point you make. But I ha- there are also diehards who are like, I got Netflix. They don't watch that much TV, right? But they got Netflix because of the Marvel shows. They're like, ooh, I might subscribe now. I've seen them on message boards. Now, they may be bullshitting. They may be like pretending that like they're voting with their dollars, but really they're already in in the Netflix boat, and they're just saying that for like to make a point. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like there's probably a large number of people, or at least a semi-large number of people, that are in the Netflix game for the Netflix Marvel shows. I do meet them in the streets, you know, in the streets. I do meet them when I'm out and about, though. People will tell me like, dude, like, oh man, I love all the Marvel shows on Netflix. I love them. I don't know. I I just think to me generally it's like you. You can't be, you just like anymore, and this might change with more streaming services, of course. It's like the shows that are the cultural hits anymore are the Netflix shows. You get big conversations around Bandersnatch, around Hill House, Bird around Box. Nailed It, around Queer Eye, around Bird Box, around all these things that you can only get at Netflix. So if you want to have your finger on the pulse, if you want to watch what your friends are watching, you have Netflix. Right. It's a good point. It's a good point. And they are, and they are firing on other cylinders, like the Bird Box cylinder, right? They've got this year's they got a crazy place. true crime lineup. Right, right. They got the 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 John Grisham jam. Right, that's oh, a good yeah. point. That's a good yeah. point. Innocent Man, which I haven't seen yet, but I'm sure it's great. They're at that market saturation point where it's like, I mean, it's kind of a question like, how much bigger do we need? Not, not. I mean, obviously, any company wants to get bigger, but it's like, how much do we really have to do at this point to keep growing? The other thing too is, and this isn't that interesting of a question to me personally, but. At a certain point, you you reach market saturation in the U.S. and international becomes the play. And I think we're going to see that coloring Netflix's. I mean, we have what our first Indonesian original with like the Guardian or the Protector or whatever that show is. We also have the well, last year was or two years ago was three percent was the first Brazilian original. So like they've been doing a lot of this stuff, but like I think that's going to just grow and grow. No, definitely. So okay, cool. Um, And actually, I do have the most disappointing now. So yeah, you do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, it's good. Oh, I wasn't. Oh. I wasn't. I'm ready for yours, man. Okay, no, it's all good. So, because I originally I wasn't gonna do this category because I usually don't seek out, you know, like yeah, I'm gonna be disappointed by or. But then I thought about, it, I was like, oh yeah, this it's season, inevitable. This season did disappoint me. So, and it's just like it's one of those where uh, it part of it is because I love the comic so much. We were talking about it right before this Uh-oh. episode. Uh oh. But um, and I heard the current season is good, but I'm super behind, and I love the crossover. But the Flash season four was just really funky for me. Um, because even with, like, with season three was a little unnecessarily grim, but I still enjoyed it. I was, like, I mean, I was invested enough in the overall plot to keep going. Season four has just been, I mean, it's had fun moments, and I love, I love Ralph, and I love, you know, a lot of that dynamic, but the whole overarching arc has just been a mess to keep up with, and I've never seen a show not, yeah. I've never seen a show be so loved in the first season and fall yeah. off so hard because it was so high the fall off still has it at a pretty decent so season level. two i still really like but um, it's still but, solid but, but it, still it, it, a lot it is of, hard to build that to ever come close to that the conversation was the flash is the best cw show season one is the best cw show they've ever made the most fun to watch hands down with a bullet yeah and that conversation stopped at the end yeah. of season one it's still great in season two people said right. season three got a little worse season four it's even worse and, and it's just it's just and a then precipitous I've, well, drop and then i've heard season five is really good that's been okay, kind of the trajectory right. of all the cw the era of our shows they, they're they, like roller they coaster Are, does everybody have to do what what, what bungie did well, with destiny also, and like make the same mistake four times well like, then flash keep in mind too had the kreisberg 
weird thing happened halfway through, so they lost a showrunner. So that's part that could be part of it. But mm. yeah, that it was Supergirl. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's rebounded though, so season oh. four has been f- pretty solid. But it was just like, and it's like, really, do we have? I think with the thing with Devoe, a do we have to make like the guy in the wheelchair the super over the top corny like fifty sci fi villain, and then um, beyond that, like I mean, I know it's an over the top show and very complicated, but like the whole thing with, like, his body strength and all that, that was just, like, all right, you, you guys are taking it a little too far here. Like, and I couldn't take it seriously. A lot of the, like, scenes where, you know, it's him and someone else's body whose wife doesn't even know and they're having, like, an intimate scene all conversation. Right, right, yeah. I'm like, I, this is just weird. Um, so, that, yeah. So, I have to give Flash money. Sure I mean, I still love the show. I'll always love, but season four was a disappointment for me. All right. Roger that. How far through are we? <laughs> We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven categories left. So we're about oh. just past the halfway point. Okay, cool, cool, cool. We'll try to we'll try to speed it up a little bit. And by the way, I'm the most guilty, so just yeah, good. let's all try. Next up is favorite episode. Okay. Um, I was torn on this one. I have two. I'm gonna give it to the one that isn't anywhere else on my list. But I really enjoyed "Here I Go Again" from Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. Uh, this is an episode that f- the biggest new cast member in season three was Zari. Uh, who comes from the future, is kind of like the outsider and hacktivist for most of the season. Um, this episode gets her trapped in a time loop, as I kind of mentioned this episode earlier. And she just kind of gets to know everyone on the ship through these two minutes, this, I think it's like 20 minute period. She keeps reliving over and over again, and it's just... I, I liked her from the start. Um, the actress, uh, Tala Ash, I think is her name, but she she gives a very different kind of performance she feels like an outsider but but still kind of grows into the group but she she just gives a really strong performance in this episode it's a really fun episode you learn a lot of things you get a fun time loop montage um so yeah it was just a really fun my, my pick for best episode is one you've probably heard of even if you haven't seen the show because uh sissy space got a lot of love for it but uh the queen from castle rock this is an episode told... Oh, okay, yeah. That's one I need to be back into. I watched the pilot. I haven't gotten back to it yet. Uh, is that show good? Yes. I would say it is a little scattered at times, but on the whole, I think it's a very strong first season. Um, wow. And Sissy Spacek's one of the best actresses in the show. I mean, she gives... She plays the mother of Henry Beaver and has dementia, and she's kind of going through those stages, and, and a lot oh, of the time... that sounds really fun. <laughs> she, she spent kind of in that few where you don't quite know where she's at but but this episode kind of shows what she's going through where she's she has dementia but she's also kind of time traveling and uh there's just it, it's just an episode told through her there's a lot of heartbreak and tragedy with her romance and that plays throughout the show and just the way you see the scenes from earlier in the season from her point of view and how she's experiencing it it's it's a great performance it's a great episode and um it, it was it, it just stands out like it stand it stood out for a lot of people reviewing it i remember when it, the episode dropped there was a lot of talk about it and it is i think the best episode of the season but it's also just generally a great episode of television and uh yeah that was my pick awesome um we are going to pick this very awkward moment to take a quick uh, halfway through the episode break and we will be back in it doesn't matter i guess right because yeah. it'll be about instantly for <laughs> 7 years <laughs> 7 years wait <laughs> oh, go ahead Okay, so we are continuing favorite episode. My favorite episode of the year would have to be the Bent Neck Lady, which is episode five of Haunting of Hill House. I will not go much into the plot on this one, but it is the Nell origin. And as I mentioned earlier, Nell is um, one of my favorite characters of the year. 
Um, so when I was watching the show, um, and again, I was one of those people who was hooked right away. Um, but I, you know, I watched like, I'd watched four episodes and then, um, and it was my birthday weekend and I was, you know, I was out and everything. And, um, I posted on Facebook that I've been watching it and, um, I, people telling me, okay, just wait till you get to episode five, wait till you get to episode five. I was like, and I already enjoyed it. So I figured, but this is where it really takes a horror turn for the series. Cause up until that point. It's more, I mean, the show overall is more character drama. Well, than psychological anything. horror. Right. It's very much psychological. But this one gets into the full-on psychological horror uh, that really will mess with you. Um, and with a really mind-blowing twist that um, is frightening and is so cinematic. The whole, the last ten minutes of the episode is just some of Mike Flanagan's best work, all, both from a writing and directing front. I don't know if he actually scripted the episode, but I mean, you know, his hand is in the whole, the entirety of the show. Um, it is just a tour de force of an episode, one hour nice. on TV. So I absolutely nice. love that. So nice. Runner up would be, I really like the season finale of the Dragon Prince. Okay. And I really cool. love that show. All right. So my pick uh, for this one is very contradictory in nature. Um, and it is an episode called the riddle of the Sphinx. And it's from a show called Westworld season two that's okay so yeah so this is the episode that makes me realize why i don't like the rest of season two Uh because this episode is fantastic it is all about a guy played by the guy who plays the guy in succession who you referenced was the actor's name you mentioned brian cox yes it's brian cox he plays this sort of investor dude who originally like bought westworld in some scenario it's very complicated but essentially he's old and dying of something in this episode and then was that it's Brian revealed Cox? in flashbacks. I'm pretty sure it was whoever's in Succession is is that guy. Okay, check. I I was just curious. I'm just trying because I saw that episode. I'm just trying to. Remember. It very well may be. I was just curious to. I don't know. Sure. Let's see. But, Brian Cox is the guy in Succession. So let's see. Hold on. Yeah. No. I know that was. I think episode four. It was. Two. Yeah. Um. It is. Let's see here. It is. Um. See here, James is his name. So let's go to Westworld and look up. And James Cromwell? No, no, no. James is the uh, character's name. Okay, James so Cromwell is also in. I'm just no, trying no. to think because I, I, I rec, I know Brian Cox really well. I don't think that was. It might not be, but down. whoever is in Succession is this same dude. I'm pretty sure. So let's see. Well. Brian Cox, who plays Logan Roy on Succession and is the dad, is not in Westworld. Okay, yeah, so let me yeah, find out yeah, who this guy yeah. is. Let me find out who this guy is. He I... just has a very distinctive voice. I know him. So okay, I, yeah, I yeah, no, I hear you. Let me see who this guy was then. Sure. Um, I'll just say while you're looking that up, it is a really stellar episode. Yeah, please do, yeah. Um, it, it like you said, has all of the more science fiction grounded, you know, mind-bending stuff that you and I like about season one so much that is exactly. all in this episode. Exactly. Um, it's all about um, identity and the ability. So a lot of what you wonder when you watch Westworld is if they can make these hosts so realistic, can you duplicate a human and promise eternal life? Uh-huh. That's the question that's asked in this one. And it's interspliced with just really fantastic shots of of James and the man in black or whatever going yeah. through the park and talking. And I mean, it's just... And also, I believe this is the episode 
where there's, I won't go through it, but where there's a huge reveal about the very nature of Westworld right, and what yeah, it's yeah. really about. Right. And I just live for that stuff. The episode's gorgeous. The show's gorgeous. But this episode is just fantastic. And in a lot of ways, it's a bottle episode. A lot of it takes place in one room and is very psychologically based and not so much about this big sprawling bloodbath that most of the season is. And so like for the me, season started out, it was like the odd numbered episodes where the like bloodbath where yep. no reveals and then the even numbered ones were the really interesting ones so it was just a because like episode two was pretty interesting too yeah but, um but yeah this it was a really strong episode yeah it's it's just i just really 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 enjoyed it um and uh for me that was the best episode and, and it also unfortunately demonstrates the, the the features of the show that i love so much that aren't really there as much in season two yeah mm-hmm. She's pretty awesome. She's she's pretty awesome, huh? Yeah, okay. Um, all right. So what do we got next, my friend? Next, and I'm up gonna look up the guy and I'll get to it. Is uh, back to Kevin okay. for our drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. Number two episode. Or okay. jump, why do I keep speaking bad? Number two Number show two. of the year. We got it. Okay, cool. So in a year that was again a really great stellar year for superhero TV all. Overall, I mean, there were disappointments as well, but, I mean, it's a crowded market. But, um, you know, there were ones I really loved. But if I have to crown the king of them all, Matt Murdock rules. Um, Season 3 of Daredevil, by far the best of the entire series. And while it's a shame that it's canceled, I'm glad it's going out on high note. If this is the end of this cast in Daredevil and um, this specific story, Um, while it definitely left room for future seasons it does end on a really high note um so the way i describe season three is that like season one is a very character driven but also kind of a slow burner um where i mean it's got some great action sequences and still you know you get the comic book origin of daredevil but it's very drawn out and very slow season two um i really enjoyed a lot of critics did not um and it is much more comic book propelled more action heavy um does the storylines with both punisher and electric electra and i really liked it um definitely not a slow burner much more action heavy and plot driven season three is the perfect culmination of both i think it does a great job um taking matt murdoch where he is after defenders and exploring that and um and then also dealing with the return of kingpin and to now m- to the me, rise of bullseye to me but, it looks like a 12 and a half hour bummer and it, I mean, it like Born when they, again is not a Born Again fun is not story. like, but I think I mean again, I think it's a better realized version of Born Again because as much as I love Born Again, it is heavy and depressing and like, and it, it takes a long time for you to really see any kind of redemption. Um, I, I mean, it, it is, but and also, I mean, Frank Miller has always been terrible at writing women characters. I hate how Karen is written in the Born Again comic, whereas in the show. They d- she gets her best season here yet, and I get and part of that is Deborah Wool's performance. Part of it is the writing, and they give her a backstory episode that ties in so many uh, answers so many questions about um, her past and, and ones that are interesting. And it's not also it's also it's not because sometimes when they do that like a um, origin episode of a supporting character, it feels kind of like a waste, like to do a full episode. They do it as a half episode, then they get back to the present and they tie it together really well. But um, it just, I mean, it, it, I just love the season overall so much. And, I mean, it's always it's been your favorite. One of my, it's absolutely my favorite, hands down. The performances all across the, 
board are phenomenal. I also, I mentioned this, I think, in one of the last episodes, but the way they do Bullseye, um, there's a scene where they go into his origin, and it reminded me a lot of the, um, the backstory scenes they do of Voldemort in Half-Blood Prince, but so much better, because it reminds me of that because they show him as a young boy, and they do it in black and white, and very much that same kind of aesthetic as they do, um, the Tom Riddle origin scenes in Half-Blood Prince, but it's done so much better. It gives more, it's more in-depth. It's more, like, you, as for a character who you think is just a loose cannon, is, you actually empathize with him. And it's not like, not that you, I mean, he's still evil and a psychopath, but you come to understand where he came from, and it makes so much sense in light of the rest of the season. Um, so Daredevil season three by far. Daredevil's by far my number two pick and my favorite superhero show over the year. Very nice. This dude is not in succession. Yeah, that doesn't no, look that like Brian not... Cox at all. <laughs> what are you Sorry. talking about? I, I can see a resemblance. I'm not going to. I'm a resemblance, but okay, maybe it's because Brian Cox's voice is so distinctive for me. But guy looks a lot like him. Let me see what Brian Cox looks like. He looks a little Jeff Bridges ish, kind of. I don't know. But, okay, I mean, sorry, fair enough. I guess it's, it's Brian Cox's voice is so distinctive. Wait. Me, I knew that wasn't. Oh, no, I got the English physicist. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Brian Cox. your way off. Sir Brian Cox. No, I think I just spelled yeah. it wrong. Wait, no, I didn't. It's no, right. they're the same. You Jordan, are you next? Though? Oh, you've no, done that too? Right. We're having too much fun. Don't okay, don't, cool. don't ruin the fun. All man. right, I will. Oh, that doesn't look... It looks a little like him, but it doesn't look that much like him. Let me see Succession, um, Brian Cox, though. Yeah, he has the full gray beard on that. Or silver beard, I guess, is a more... Also, Nadim is one of my favorite characters who you got to meet right away in, season, in the gay season three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, they, I really oh, my God. Name. Oh, my okay, God. They, okay, sorry, they look alike. But no, they're... look at that dude. Right? Yeah. That dude. Well, I've seen him for 10 episodes. Okay, I, know, okay, I know what okay. he looks like. Okay, sorry. They look alike. It's just no, like, they don't I, the way he normally does himself. But the way he is in succession, in, well, holy shit. That's the thing. I wasn't thinking in succession. I was thinking in all the other roles. Oh, my God. Seen. It's so similar. Okay, yeah. Okay, cool. All yeah. right. I've right, been vindicated your, enough. What's your number two show of the year? Right? Uh, okay. My number two <laughs> show of the year is a pick that I always hesitate to do this on this show because I feel like nobody gives a shit. But... No, my, I, is, not not you time. guys don't give a shit. You yeah. guys are great. But I feel like I'm telling people in the audience who maybe tuned in for superhero shows or maybe aren't going to be into... No, we have a variety here. I know we do. Yeah. But for me, every time I talk about Unforgotten, I, I, feel, okay. I feel like I'm doing a disservice to explaining why it's so good. But essentially, here is the whole swath. And I talked about it earlier. There's about 50 pretty good to very good English detective dramas a year. Of all of those, there's about five or six that are like the best of the year. And Unforgotten for the past three years has been the number one best example of a perfectly paced, perfectly plotted, brilliantly written character development like you wouldn't believe. Plots and plot twists that when they're revealed feel completely and wholly authentic. Characters you just can't believe the level of depth. A main detective duo that is a an older white woman and an older and a and a 45 year old um indie uh gentleman of indian descent and the two of them are like the his name is sunny her name is i forget but it's just a name right and the two of them solve cases together and they solve cold cases but 
normally I'm not a big fan of cold case shows because I'm like, it's 60 years ago. I'm not that interested, even 20 years. These cases all percolate up so that the suspects in the cold case are in the present and there's stuff going on. So solving these crimes that happened in the past has a dramatic impact on the present. And then sometimes it even, the, the investigation itself will instigate other violence against characters. Their their Nazi ties will come out. Just different things will be re, re, brought to the surface. I'll give you a great example. There's a woman in season one of this show. She's not very attractive. She's kind of like a you know pretty unattractive, like older woman, looks kind of weird and old lady looking. She's married to a soccer coach, black guy. And... It turns out she's this wonderful person. She mentors inner-city black kids. She has them over to her house to watch movies. Like, you know, her, her husband's co- coaches these kids, and she has them over to watch a movie so they can do well on their test. She's a mentor. She's a wonderful wife. She's a wonderful human. And you can see that in every way she's wonderful. Well, it turns out that for a couple years in her 20s, she was with a neo-Nazi guy dating him and did and said horrible things. She didn't murder anybody, but she was a horrible monster. She knows this, and she spent the entire rest of her life trying to become, to make up for it. And her pain, and the way that character is developed, that's just one of like six suspects that season, right? And then just to see the torment of that, right? Of like, she knows that it was horrendous behavior that she committed, but does she deserve redemption? Doesn't she? I don't know. But the show asks that question in a really good way. Sure, sure. Um, and 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 it's and it's full of stories like that. And it's like a pot boiler, like you wouldn't believe, right? This thing boils. I mean, and it it's just so good. And the main character is so understated and 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 chill, but yet really intense when it comes to solving a crime. Like just this is the uh, the detective duo. So it's Nicola Walker who plays her, and Sonny Sujek who plays, or I forget his his name, but but he plays Sonny. Okay. And and they solve crimes, and it, it, I'm telling you, man, if you want to watch one of the British drama mysteries that I tell you about, guys, about that's the one to watch. Okay. Season cool. three was even better than the other two, so Very it nice. came on this year. Loved it. I can get it at Alamo. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Rich, we got an audience. You gotta give them. You gotta give the people what they want. That's they right. want superheroes. That's they want right. Sci-fi. That's right. I know. I My know. number two show is Grownish. <laughs> what? <laughs> On the other side of things. What is that? Grownish is the freeform airing. Oh my! Spinoff of Blackish uh, that follows really? okay. Zoe, the oldest daughter. She goes. Okay, to college. I've heard of this. Okay, okay. Um, it has a very rough start. Like the first three episodes, I'm a little like, mm, I don't know. But uh, let me. I uh, gotta be honest. I love teen stuff. I don't know if that's ever come through. I, I didn't show. know that, really. You like teen stuff? Uh, that I love didn't teen you, shows. Didn't you have that Edge of 17 as your favorite movie a few years ago? Yeah, Edge of 17, yeah. yeah no, uh, yeah. <laughs> Are these the suitors? Uh, yes. Um, but okay. I watched... Uh, I'd always wanted to get to Blackish. Here's the thing about me. I love sitcoms. That's also something maybe new to you guys. I don't know if, if they you're... They didn't know that. I've never heard of that. No. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But my Achilles heel is the family sitcom. I'm a big fan fan of hangouts of like friends that are hanging sure. out oh I, i'm or, the same way like, like new girl. this is where yeah like new girl no I, i'm i'm joking about it but like i'm the same way like i love sitcoms and i love coming of age you and i are yeah exactly on that, but like so. family sitcoms even when they're fantastic i have i just a harder time wanting to watch those or okay. something like a workplace hangout. oh i thought okay. see i thought you so i misunderstood when you first spoke there 
when you said it was your Achilles heel, I thought you were saying like I have a weakness. For no, my weakness. No, no, it is is like it in is, my it's your kryptonite. It's your kryptonite. Sitcoms, yeah. There's just I'd rather hang out with friends or people at work or you know things like Parks and Rec, sure, sure, sure. found family stuff. So you sure, haven't gone back sure. and watched every season of the Cosby Show? No, well, as, as intention, uh, I did. In fairness, probably see a lot of Cosby Show. Nick at night back in the day, but no, I mean, and a lot of that comes from my own. Like I don't have a super close family. I have found fr- family and friends, mm-hmm. all of that found family stuff. So yeah. so to me, those those tend to resonate more. But uh, I did watch all of Blackish, like kind of in a quick run, because I wanted to watch Grownish because I love how much high college. How much Blackish is there? At that point, there was three and a half seasons, and you just blew through it. Pretty much, it was okay. like all I watched. Grown-ish it's a really is, good show. Doesn't that Grown- show? Go ahead. I was just Grownish is just one season so far. So far, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So that isn't it. I, I thought I heard that I was back when I used to really intensely watch, listen to the Writers Panel podcast. I think I remember them being on the show, and they said that. Like, they tackle really controversial stuff on that show sometimes. Randy's told me true? about it. He I said, mean, yeah. yeah, in as far as, you know, talking about black issues in America is super controversial. Well, no, I mean, some I, of the, the things creators said more, this, yeah. I'm not saying No, that. some of the things definitely get a little more Like, into... they had to, I'll put it a different way. They had to fight battles with the producers at their station to do the show they wanted to do. No, yeah. Does I mean, it feel there's... that way? No, it absolutely does. I mean, there's a lot of very specific cultural things, and, you know... Definitely things that are probably very hyper specific to the creators. There, I mean, there's a whole episode, and I, I forget off the top of my head what the subject matter was. But there's a whole episode that they didn't air because of the content and and because of like com- not complaint. I forget the whole situation, but there's an unaired episode um, from last season. Um, but I love that show. I really did end up enjoying it. I watch it. It had a really rough like finale arc dealing with um, you know. Uh, or growing distance in marriage that was like hard to watch after season three or what season four of what uh, blackish oh I thought you said you watched three and a half seasons well before Gronish started in January of this oh year. and now you've seen the end of the fourth is yeah, that I the mean, end of the whole show now no no it's okay. in its fifth season um, but Gronish just more than any other show it feels like so many shows will either idealize college or like let the kids be a little better than they might actually be in terms of how they behave or the things they do or it'll feel out of step with today you know you get that where tv shows will be created by people in their late 20s early 30s that are about their college experience but you know the stuff dealing with say social media might be out of step this doesn't have that this feels very now it feels of the moment it feels like it's discussing issues that are happening on college campuses at the moment, again, it's like Blackish dealing with those kind of racial issues, but dealing with, you know, coming of age and growing issues. I do think it did have a kind of a rough start because it has to introduce the like an entire cast of new characters to support her um, coming to college. But just as it gets going, she's was, still on Blackish. Yeah, she she's a recurring character instead of a starring character okay. now. But like, she was in the first half of season five, basically. Oh, wow. I think not not every episode, but um. But I just loved this show once it got going, and every episode I felt connected to. I liked the wider cast. I liked that the characters were making mistakes and like. Did you say you like the wider cast? I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Wider. <laughs> um, the only, I, actually, I think the only white cast member is Chris Parnell as the dean. Yeah, I don't, yeah, it looks it looks from the cast. Uh, no, no, there's really some white. They're, they're, no, her roommate. Did you know, any of the writers? Um, not her roommate, but her friend. Did any of the writers from Blackish go over to Grownish? Yeah, Kenya yeah. Barris is still like creator okay, and yeah, yeah, executive yeah, sure, producer, sure. so there's a lot of that. It's just 
it, it feels real. It feels very relatable. It's one of my favorite casts of characters for a college or high school age show. Sure. Um, I'm super... Like, it has one of my favorite theme songs of all time. It's, oh, wow. it's just such a great bop of a theme song. That's saying something. Yeah, okay. That's saying something because you and I have had many conversations about theme songs. Over yeah, there, so. <laughs> I, I just I really like it. It is... Mostly Power Rangers ones, but still, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a little harder just because it has been so long because, you know, it premiered in January and ran through, like, March, and that's was, that was when I was watching it. So it's just a little more out of mind from that aspect, but sure. it stayed with me all year. The season, the new season starts tomorrow night, and I'm real excited. It got a full 20-episode order this season. Grownish? So, yeah. Wow. Um, I'm real excited to see what they do next and see where the characters go, and I like that there are characters I enjoy watching but don't necessarily like but can see why they're all friends, and it's just... It's a really strong show if you like all age, or if you like, um, you know, college shows or high school shows or shows about teenagers and where they're at right now. I think it does a fantastic job of, of telling those stories, and I'm really cool. excited to see what happens next. So, Grownish Season 1 was my second favorite show of Damn, nice. 2018. Very cool. Oh, closet call. I mean, I trust your opinions on sitcoms. We we share very No, I'm pretty sure the whole yeah. season should be, like, I think Freeform, all of their shows are on Hulu. So all right, cool. I would at least, and again, like I said, the first three episodes are rough just because they're sure. kind of finding their sure. voice. Sure. But once it, like, hits... I mean, heck, Office and Parks and Rec. Yeah, once yeah. it hits, like, the fourth or fifth episode, it's just great. Throughout. Yeah. So. Very cool. Um, all right. Uh, I think that everyone had their second? Yes. Yep. Yeah. All right, so next up, we're going to go to Rich for his favorite ended show of 2018. Mm. Um, and so this was kind of an odd category. I think we might have mentioned that a little earlier just because of... I was framing it as... A show that you know wrapped up this year, but I think we might have all taken it different ways. So, but I'm going to take this opportunity to be pissed off <laughs> and to say <laughs> favorite, Rich, and to say, oh yeah, believe me, favorite, as in my least favorite network a month ago was Netflix when they canceled American Vandal. Okay, what yeah. the f? I'm so pissed. <clears throat> I'm pissed. And, you know, here's one of the big problems with American Vandal season two and season one, but especially season two. People turn on season two and they watch that first episode and they can't get through five minutes of it because it's a, it's just 15 solid minutes of, of students shitting themselves <laughs> with gratuitous shit right all over the place. And everybody either thinks it's too gross or too dumb or too immature or too pathetic for them to watch. And that just turned off so many people. Smart people are like, I don't want to watch a show about shit, Rich. <laughs> In fairness, you're American smart. Is an argument for why the binge model can work because you have to kind of be able to binge that show. Yeah. But you got to get through. I mean, in fairness, you got to want to binge. I it. didn't even like the first episode of season two, and that show's like, you know, it for me. That see that that first episode is is painful. It's not pleasant, and they call it the brownout, and uh, it's a brownout, all right. Your screen is like. 30% brown for the whole first episode. Um, but I mean, it. the fact that they canceled that show, what does it cost? $500,000 to make? It's a cast with a bunch of nobodies. In a school. Yeah. Get a deserted school set. You know what I mean? Oh my God, you can't make another season of the cheapest show that was ever made on planet it's Earth. It's or Die produced, I mean, you know. Yeah. Oh, those big shots. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God. It's just like, what are you doing? Just put it on there for guys like me, Jordan, and hopefully Kevin one day to watch. I'm definitely sad. But I, I think that it's hard to talk about why I would want another season without like talking about But it, it's just a show that manages such surprising depth and insightful commentary that you wouldn't expect. 
But I like I appreciate that at least it's a show where even if it had been canceled after the first season, like they're they're yeah. they are self contained. There's Fully. no like need. I I have plenty of ideas for what I would love to see in future seasons, but I I mean, and you know, they say they're shopping it around. I hope somebody is like here. I've heard couple. shit. Yeah, I know that that and Trial and Error are both shows I I'm really bummed about ending this year, but I just think that it has so much to say. I think it is the smartest show about kids in high school that I've maybe ever seen. There's a lot of great ones. But I think right now, like a snapshot of right now in social media and school, there's never been a better eight episodes about that. And and after that happens, like to cancel, I mean, I'm going to go lower. I'm going to say it was less than 500000 to make that show. I mean, that show costs <laughs> the nothing. Got to figure this out. Yeah. Nothing. Um, and and it, it's a travesty that that show was canceled. No good reason for it. And so that's my um, favorite show that ended in 2018. Fair enough. Uh, so for me, I am going to quickly point out, because I, I thought of it there, Trial and Error is a show that, again, it just kind of slipped through the cracks when I was considering this list. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Shout-outs to Kristen Chenoweth, both as an actress and a character on that show. She does fantastic work. It is just a fantastic show, and that's another one where... They were setting up for a third season that was going to... Well, what's great about Trial and Error is it kind of parodies these famous crime documentaries. So, like, the first season was a parody of The Staircase. Okay. Um, Season three was setting up to parody The West Memphis Three case, which is one of probably my favorite... uh, It's weird to say that about, like, tragedies that happen. Right. It's one of my most invested in, well-known-about One of my favorite tragedies, yeah. Yes, well, yeah. No, that's why... But, like, I'm very invested in that case. Sure, sure, And I studied it in high school. Sure. Documentaries. So, so, like, I was really bummed... connection to it. That that... So that's one I'm definitely sad ended for that reason. Right. Um, In terms of shows that ended on their own terms, I mentioned earlier that I love hangout comedies. I love shows about friends. Um, New Girl had a... Such a great ending season. Um... It was truncated, but, I mean, again, that they got eight episodes to kind of wrap up the series the way they wanted to, and they could have ended with last season, um, but I, I thought they did a good job of, like, they they, introduced, they did it a... It didn't a, feel inessential? No, it felt like a very good wrap-up and farewell season, and you get that sometimes. It's like Parks and Rec's last yeah, season. Yeah, that's the first yeah. thing that came to mind. It's very much like... Well, season six is so much about getting, you know, the Jess and Nick thing and all that, and, like, and has all the plot. So, once the season six finale happens, I'm like... Okay, yeah, it probably will go that route. Yeah, I mean, but. it could have ended, but they do a time jump. They they let the characters evolve in new ways. They put them in new situations. It's eight really strong episodes that um, what I, I love when a sitcom finale makes me cry. And this one managed to take some of the longstanding elements of the show and reimagine and remix them in this really touching montage at the very end that ha- it got me. And I like New Girl is such a show. It's not one of those hangout comedies I think of as like, a show I have to watch as soon as it's out all the time. Like it wasn't, it wasn't ever that for me. I would watch whole seasons on Netflix. I wouldn't be like up to date with new girl until maybe the very last couple of seasons, but like what a cast, like a show that started on such a, a, an admittedly weak premise of just being like Zoe Deschanel is quirky and then expanding her character. The show became something that it what didn't start as. Yeah, it, it evolved her character into a fully fleshed being. It you know, it, it struck lightning when you look at the cast of, you know, Jake Johnson and uh I know, Max they, Greenwell. They mm-hmm. All those characters that like they they just work so well together. And all of them blew up like coincident and or right after that show. So it's like they had you know, the friends cast light. 
you know, it's like like that's how not not on that level because nothing could be on that level because there's so many more shows now. But you know what I mean? Like, no, it was these it was, are actors who became really famous while starring on that. It show. was a lightning in a bottle type where the, everyone cast was like perfect. It, like I think of the show like How I Met Your Mother where the cast was like across the board just right. stellar and new girl has that it did such a good job of developing its world and its ongoing jokes and you know it doesn't really have a bad season in the bunch i mean there I are heard, weaker episodes I heard, but if i remember correctly i heard some of those creators talking about the show on a podcast and they said that we want our jokes to not be joke jokes we want them all to come out organically situationally jokes about character are what's funny yeah when a cat when a person reacts a certain way to a situation that's what like really good comedy is that was their take. yeah no i mean they they did that they had very specifically drawn characters schmidt's one of the oh god he's so funniest great. characters I, I on tv i mean i remember and in fact because they recast that um cedric the entertainer show with like two new actors and he's on that now the neighbors oh. or the neighborhood or whatever it's called um, where it's like the white family moves in into the black neighborhood. Oh, okay. We watched the trailer. They recast yeah, yeah. it? They recast the the white husband and wife. Why? I have no idea. But Max Greenwell's on that show. Greenfield. Can't you Greenfield. do better than that? Yeah. No, I mean, well, you take what you can get as an actor sometimes. But, yeah, but he's Max Greenfield. He's Max MF in Greenfield. I mean, maybe it's a well-written show. Maybe, I don't know. It's, on, maybe. it's a CBS sitcom. I'm oh, okay. jumping at the bit to watch those. Okay. Right. Um, but that's but like, that, you know what that means, though? Big mm-hmm. money. Yeah. No, so for me, just New Girl ended uh, as it lived as a super funny, well-thought-out show that was about people in their uh, late 20s, early 30s. And I love shows about people in their late 20s, early 30s, even before I was one. <laughs> the only reason I'm not jumping out on this is because New Girl will come up in my bonus category in a little bit. So, yeah. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. But, what, what's your ended show? Or... So, I mean, I didn't really have any that ended intentionally. Um, that's fine. But Daredevil, by far. I mean, like, as far I as one that's there. Because, like I said earlier... While it's a shame that it's not going to continue, or at least, you know, maybe in another format, but it won't be for a while, I like the ending that they, we have here. It went on a super high note, and like I said, Rich, I've told you multiple times before, I mean, it, I know it looks like it's just going to be Matt Murdock suffering for all season. It's not. And it's not that at That's all. Great. It is a perfect arc for him. And That's so, great. Like, That's and, great. I mean, it takes a little bit of time for him to get out of the Sure, I'll take stage. it, as long as it and happens, man. stuff that happens, but it is, like... I would say it's toned down from, like, the comics and stuff. It's not excessive at all, That's like, good. in the darkness. And it's such a, like, perfect arc for him. And I just love the last few episodes. And um, it's, especially after you're going through this emotional yeah. hurdle, yeah. you get some relief, finally. Know, but... And in a really good way. So, um, so yeah, I do love the ending of Terrible. Cool. What are we at? Next up, favorite scene. I'll start this one off. This might have been my most contentious because honestly, as I was remembering it, there weren't there were really strong episodes and sure. very strong like character arcs, but but specific scenes it was a little harder to pick sure, up. Sure, sure. Again, when you watch as much TV as you do over the course of the year, yeah. it can be it's, harder. It's really hard. Yeah. I had a few quick ones um, before I'll go for the one that I, I did end up picking. The hundredth episode of Agents of Shield. Okay. Did a thing that I, I I'm a sucker for hundredth episodes that are just like we're gonna like. How's that find show a, doing? Uh, well, uh, really well. Are they taking, considered. like, a long break and then they're finishing? They're coming... Oh, no, they're not they're finishing. Not they, they, they're they coming back this summer for their sixth season. They've already been renewed for a seventh season. Wow, okay. I don't know. My mouth is agape. You can't see I it. was stunned I, I, when I the thought it was happened. the last... It was six was going to be last, but okay. That's no, cool. uh, they are shooting them back-to-back, but they really... They're, like, ABC's, like, they think it's going to be a good summer show. So they're putting they're doing their faith it, into it. They're releasing it after Endgame, so, like, right? So, yeah. so it'll play into that. Um... Again. 
so yeah, seasons. I was I was ecstatic. Two more seasons of Shield. Now they're shortened seasons. They're going to be thirteen episodes that's each, perfect. but still, yeah. Like that's how they've kind of been arcing their shows anyway. They've had like two story, two or three storylines per season. Perfect. So I'm not complaining. Um, but yeah, it did it did the thing I'm a sucker for. Uh, the Flash also did this where it's like we're going to use this as an excuse to revisit like all the big bads and all these minor characters from the past hundred. Which episodes. hey, go on, you can do that in a got like I mean uh, the hundredth yeah. episode so, of Agents of Shield does this in a really fun way. Hundredth episode of Arrow did that because and that was part of the crossover. Yeah, yeah. which you, they they dodged this time. They're like, no, we're going to make it the ninth, so it's not Flash's hundredth episode. Right, right. Like the week before. Right, right. Um, but. Uh, so I really like that, the 100th episode battle. Um, Jane the Virgin season 4 finale. Is it over yet? Uh, Jane the Virgin? Uh, no, the 5th season's coming out next and that's month it. or so. Yeah, it is going to end there. Yeah. They are developing a spinoff, though, so I'm excited yeah. about that. Uh, Jane the Virgin is one of my favorite shows on TV, and um, the season 4 finale had one of my favorite moments in the whole show, and I obviously it's a finale moment, so I'm not going to talk about what it is. But sure. if you watch... Jane the Virgin, you know how that episode ended, and it was a, you know, game changer heading into the final season uh, that made me so excited to see where the show goes next. It's it's had such a consistently brilliant run, and I'm... Is that show 22 episodes a season? Uh, it was 22 an episode season for the first couple, then season three and f- four was definitely like 17 episodes. They basically... How do they do it? It's so much! It's so much story to eat through. It's really well written, but they they they've got it very planned because they want it. It's going to be a hundred episodes total okay. by the end. Uh, so the, I think season five is only seventeen episodes. Okay. Um, and you know, again, just that we got that much is great because Gina Rodriguez's star has obviously blown up, and you know she's getting all these starring roles. Um, but my my actual favorite scene, and and really, in a better season, it might not have stood out as well, but. Uh, the, the the thing with the Flash is that it hasn't been that good uh, recently. Are you caught up? I am caught up. Okay, because yeah. I've heard season five. Yeah, it's a lot better. Season but. five is better, but better. Okay, differently okay. bad. Right, right. I don't know. All right, differently bad. Differently great. Um, <laughs> great. Devos, okay. just what I'm looking for, man. Devos not a great villain. Yeah, no. They they really kind of messed up the plot. Yeah, and all of his like weird body switching stuff it is kind of so nonsense. Weird. Yeah, yeah. However. For all the drudgery, they do give him one really great moment where it's like full power DeVoe storms a prison and you see him okay, like yeah. using all of his abilities while there's a like Who's, a, a, he is the biggest sucker for prison escape stuff, man. Prison then, escape stuff is good. I love prison it. stuff is good. But but it, and there's this orchestral sound yeah. playing and it's like for and a I'm, moment you sure. get it, you get why he's doing all this, but like DeVoe on the whole is just such a overpowered villain i liked the actor and i liked kind of the idea behind it sort of but it was just like i mean it wasn't a speedster it it was yeah yeah right yes but they're i don't know just do like one of the rogues or something make them better if like you want to non-speed that's all i Um, want from the flash movie is to do the rogues yeah yeah, because it's like all i want is ezra miller to bow out i would have thought (laughs) i mean i would have thought the movies would be where i'd have to go for grod but i'm like no i'm actually pretty happy with grod as he's been portrayed on the shows and they did the comic arc not too long ago too with him that was fantastic that they Um, could do there but but yeah there's just this moment it's a really good one it's like for a split second devoe's a really cool villain yeah and then you go back to all the problems that the flash has encountered Mm. where they're just like you know what we're going to make the Flash just essentially a god of speed, but he's still going to get... I mean, it's always a problem, but the fact that someone can, like, throw a baby out a window and then the Flash loses them... Yeah. It's like, you they you just have to accept that when you watch the Flash. That, no, he's just not good at his job. 
My favorite is, I mean, I, I think I talked about it, it was the beginning of season four when Barry's still trapped in the, ah. the speed. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, sorry. Yeah, the, the team lineup is a little different right now. You have Barry's away for a while. Oh, okay. okay. They were good. Team Flash was doing so much better with without him. Oh, like, really? And, they, and then they they made up something that was like, we need Barry back. I'm like, no, you don't. You guys are doing fine. Iris oh. is kicking butt as the leader. Wally's there. Cisco's there. They're doing fine. I was awesome. like, I'm like, I hate to rip on Barry because like I love Greg Gustin and everything, but like the way he's written a lot of times, he really gets on your nerves. He's such a good actor. It's it's a it's a it's an it's a feat. I don't hate Barry Allen more, yeah. and it's because of great. No, great guys is amazing. Like when you see stuff like the crossover, which is hilarious, where right. you're like, no, Barry, your life's so light and happy, and I'm like, what show have you been? I never, I, know, right? for, I never stop saying this, and nobody ever seems to agree with me, but I'm gonna say it anyway. He looks so different to me in the Flash mask and outside of the Flash mask. I think yeah. Grant Gustin yeah. is like a. I swear to God, I think of him as like a. When he's in the Flash, I think he's got like light colored hair, like that's short. And then when he's outside of it, I, he has like brown hair, and he looks like he looks. Well, it's his suits change. You're still in season one. His yeah. suits change a lot since then too. Okay. That's cooler. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, Devoe's breakout. I mean, again, okay. I, yeah. nothing like super stood out that I didn't think of as like a whole episode, right, like, right, again, right, or a longer set of scenes. So I was like. I, I'm giving it this because when it when it happened, it popped. Right. And nothing else in the Flash had for like ages. So okay, it, cool. It stuck with me throughout the year. Okay. So my favorite scene is also from the Arrowverse um, in the crossover this year. So and it's sort of like several scenes within one, but it's uh, it's in the climax of it in the Supergirl episode. Um, they did the order of the this was Elseworlds where. Um, yeah, this stuff is totally fair game. I yeah. feel like an I feel like an ass. I well, keep that, trying to, I, keep, I don't mean to keep stifling. No, 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 no it's, it's just the big plot. Yes, I don't know, and I don't, I don't want to ruin that for yeah. you. And for, like, stop but, me when I do. But Elseworlds, go ahead. So Elseworlds is like that's and, fair game, right? Yeah. Because well, and the crossovers has just become a Christmas tradition for me. To where even when I'm super behind on them, I always watch the crossovers because they are they feel almost like a movie, you yeah. know. And one like yeah. they're I mean, it's like picking up a comic book crossover. You don't have to be caught up no, on all the books no. to read and enjoy a good crossover. And Elseworlds is very much that. Um, so it's Barry and um, Ollie switching places, but no one else know. Like you know, all of, oh, uh, I like, think I saw I, clips like of Iris this. thinks so. You know, um, uh, you know, Ollie is in Barry's world, but he still has his body. And Iris is thing he's Barry, and vice versa. But um, and so they did it. The first episode, Flash, then Arrow, then Supergirl. And in the Supergirl episode, there's this scene that had. It's kind of like all the characters are doing different things. There's Superman fighting each other. There's Supergirl and Flash running around the world at super speed, which is very much a reference to the original Superman movie, and it's great. Um, and then it's Ollie, also like uh, yeah, go ahead. to me, it was like very much a clear call out to the you know what they're doing next year and the fact right. That they're oh, like the two yes. biggest deaths. Oh yes. In oh that, yes. But yes. Um, so and then Ollie is talking with this sort of demigod where he's uh, we don't know what, but he's. Um, making some kind of deal with them and is supposed to make kind of a sacrifice because they announced at the end of the crossover next year they're doing Crisis on Infinite Earths, oh, wow. which is the bit one of the biggest DC crossovers of all time. They changed this directory let's just, forever. Let's just hope they don't do what they did with the last time they tried to bring a big comic story over. I think it was season three of the Flash, which again I don't know the details, but I know that you guys said it ended in like one episode. They, I mean, oh, I can't yeah, imagine yeah, yeah, yeah. this. This will probably this'll be, be all big. four shows. This is gonna be but all four shows, guys... and it's gonna be like it's gonna have repercussions. Okay, yeah. all right. Because I thought you guys were saying, man, I really thought the first half of the season was gonna be whatever it was. I forget. Yeah, but that, yeah. that's. I mean, who knows what it'll look like next year? I still like. 
I have so many things I wish they would do, but yeah, who yeah. knows? Yeah. Uh, to me, I... But that scene, I, well, I, I, I'm sorry, I just want to say, like, it's, it's multifaceted, there's so much going on, it reminds me of everything great about the Arrowverse, of, like, the cast of characters, how far they've come from just, like, a show about a street vigilante shooting a bow and arrow to this multiverse spanning universe of, like, insane effects and all these things and yeah I just really like to, that. Go to ahead. me the big thing this was definitely a smaller scale crossover sure. not just because I, there was one less sure. episode but because it definitely felt more like the Fun. thing I loved like Crisis on Earth X is still my favorite and that's it is because my it favorite felt too. like yeah. an event movie yeah. as opposed to each of these still very much felt like individual episodes that's a good point yeah um, and I felt like there was a lot of payoff or there was a lot of setup in like the teasing of it and sure. what they did like they like I know you aren't you aren't caught up on the shows, but like right, every right. Supergirl, Green Arrow, and um, Flash all ended with the same scene of like the. You're up on Arrow. I'm up on all of it. Damn, nobody's up on all of it. <laughs> Legend tomorrow. Yeah, Legend it's my Legend third favorite, favorite show yeah. of the year. Yeah, yeah, but wow. Um, but like all the stuff with no the Black Mad Lightning though. Like, Black no, Lightning. Yeah, yeah. I gotta get there. <laughs> well, shame. Not up on all of it. Um, but, like, all that stuff, they were teasing it in, like, you know, the the Flash of the 90s show. Right, right. And then Batwoman. And so much of it felt like, oh, this was here for a minute. Like, the Batwoman stuff felt superfluous. The got, yeah, I Especially was, I, the Flash 90s stuff, where it was like, he literally got immediately He really out. did. I, I was surprised by that. I mean, I agree. Crisis on Earth X is by far still my favorite crossover. This one, though, was tons of fun. And I'm actually. Fine. And actually, well, a close second scene was the Superman and Lois thing at the very end. That was cool. No, the yeah. best moment in all of it to me was the uh, somebody save me moment. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah, an outside yeah. perspective, okay, yeah. not, not having seen any of sure. this, it's remarkable for a show that isn't all that good in many cases. It is so rife with shit to talk about. Oh, they, oh, they I give never, you plenty to talk about. You guys never stop. When you guys, it's like so hard with spoilers because like when you guys start talking about Flash and Arrow. Right. It's like the train just rolls. There's so much to talk about. There's so much goodwill invested at this point. And, yeah. you know, there's the hope. Because if Arrow can come back from seasons three and four and deliver season five of Arrow, right. that's, like, phenomenal. Well, because the Arrowverse itself is, like, let's cram five soap operas, sci-fi, superhero, comic book crossovers, so and everything, mesh them all together, stir the pot. Okay, this season's going to be great. This one's going to kind of suck. This one's going to be, eh, and it's just going to keep, but like, you just can't help but keep going because you're so invested in the character. And a lot of it is, I mean, there's very few missteps with casting. They've done a great job, especially all the main characters. So you, they make the characters very lovable. Um, and it's like, just like comic book fans are super devoted, no matter how much roller coasters you have to go through. It's just like that with the universe. Yeah. The, the last thing I'll say on it is just that I will take an Elseworlds being a smaller crossover right. every other year if every other year is going to be like a yeah. Crisis on Earth X yeah. move. And like if you're doing Crisis on Infinite Earths, you can't have the legend sit out. It's going to be oh, it's another big in there. Oh, like, yeah. epic miniseries type event. Possibly five parts if Batwoman actually takes off and is a series. Yeah, yeah. Year. Is that, what do you mean takes off? They they they, they introduced Batwoman you know, as like, a yeah. launching point for a Batwoman TV series, and that pilot is maybe or maybe not at this point. No, no the, the pilot's happening. Happen. It's just whether or not they order oh, it to series. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, which uh, I think has a good chance because she. I mean, she is. I was surprised that she because they built her up like she was going to be throughout. 
she pops up at the end of the first episode and then she's in the arrow. It episode. would just be really good um, also to introduce much like uh, Black Lightning and introduce more diversity into that and it's just like and uh, Ruby Rose did a really good job with the character and it felt well and it finally um gave a reason for why we have yet to see Batman too like yeah. in this universe. Okay. So cool. cool. But uh favorite scene did we No. No, yeah. I'm going to do mine real quick. Okay. Um so for me it's uh, uh Ty. Um my real pick is um in Homecoming. Um, there is a moment, you'll know it when you see it, where Sam Esmail plays his, like, grandest trick, um, with the cinematography, and it has to do with zooming in and out and letterboxing and what that means to the overall plot of the show. Um, I'll leave it as vague as that, but there's a moment when that changes, and it reveals so much about the cleverness of the way it's constructed, and it's, it's a, it's also a, sort of a reveal dump at the same time. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, and then the other the other tie was in I believe it's in the riddle of the Sphinx, but it's the scene where um, the the man in the black hat and um, James Delos Jim um, have a conversation about the true nature of Westworld. It's not like a insanely gorgeous scene or anything like that, but it just reminded me of how good that show can be when it's like trying to think in a cool sci-fi way. So those are my two picks. Okay. Cool. Uh, next up, we're getting down to it. Uh, we're going to do our favorite bonus little thing, which is our right. bonus category, where each of us is going to just sort of throw off something that may be just something we wanted to mention. Cool. Uh, but then the other two of us will have a chance to sort of chime in. Kevin, you get to start us off on this one. Okay, so mine is like, because I watch, uh, I, even when I'm not caught up on current TV, I still watch a lot of TV, but it's usually older stuff that like, for whatever reason I missed or something like that. So favorite show that like, is not new, but maybe you just started this year, or uh, it maybe it's one show that's ended a long time. Best new started. new show, exactly. Okay. And for me, that's New Girl. So I watched very nice six seasons in the span of a few months. Like this is one I so wish I for it, I don't know what it was. It just fell under the rear. I, like I just never well, remember what the show originally was. It was Zoe Deschanel's quirky. What if we had a show about quirky? But I love Zoe Deschanel. I don't know why I ever missed oh. it and like why I like. Um, but yeah, but. I wish I had gotten on it sooner because I've loved it. Well, I mean, that's it's fine. Just that, like, yeah, yeah, but then you couldn't have had that. Binge. Then I, yeah, then I had a great binge. I mean, and I mean, I binge Seinfeld mean binge, this year. Like I, I binge Seinfeld the entire. Yeah, we're almost done with the ninth season now. The whole thing, right? And it was I was so lucky, right. to get to binge Seinfeld for the first time, right? And so one I'm episode waiting. a day, though. That's my version of a binge. Okay, that's all. I mean, that's a lot. Um, so I'm waiting on the final season to come to Netflix, but. I just fell in love with the show from the beginning, and it only got better. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know, and I, I can see it's similar to how with a lot of those friend hangout shows, you can see examples of it in your real life and all that. Like, I have friends that I can pick, pin those characters to, um, and I can see me in some of them as well. I just, I mean, like you said earlier, it is the perfect situational comedy. Like, I just, I mean, I was just rewatching the um, Spider. Um, hunt episode last night where um the, it it's Schmidt is um trying to is a terrified of a spider in his in the loft and his girlfriend is coming over so he's trying to kill it before and he's freaking out then um coach is trying to he met this really attractive girl on uh, Valentine's Day um and she said I'm not giving you my number here's my email address ah. I want you to send me a good well thought out email and then I'll go out with you and so the whole episode he's trying to compose the perfect email so right. he has his college email address that's the one and then meanwhile Jess is trying to knows that CC is hiding the fact that she likes Schmidt, Schmidt uh, again 
um, from her, and she's trying to get it out of him. Um, and Nick comes into that in a really funny way, too. It is just a perfect sitcom for me. I mean, like, I love the friend hangout ones. Um, I mean, I love a lot of different kinds of sitcoms, because I, I do like a lot of family ones as well. But New Girl is just, like, I, uh, I mean, I, like, you're right. I, I do, in some ways, I wish I had discovered it sooner, but also I got a great binge, and it made me really happy for, like, a span of a few months, and, and it's one I'm definitely going to keep revisiting. Awesome. Cool. So, if you, yeah. Uh, Rich, you got one? A new to me. Um, well, Flash, you, I mean, I know you had Yeah, started, yeah, so I had a couple know. of these. Um, I just hadn't really thought uh, sure. to plan it, but let me see really quick. Let me look at my Netflix queue. Um, so, yes, The Flash, I had started, like, the first episode or two, but this is the year that, like, I watched, like, eight or nine of them. And, I, I mean, the show's great. The season's great. Um, I just need to watch more of it that I just haven't watched. So, I guess that'll be my best. Um, cool. Oh, no, 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 oh. no, no. Um, also, uh, uh, I think it was this year when I finally watched. Yeah, I think it was this year that I finally watched uh, um, the Good Place. So, oh, cool. yeah, yeah. nice. Uh, I'm gonna go with one that is not typically in my genre, but I've been watching a lot more of it lately. Uh, I finally started My Hero Academia this year. Oh, that nice! Was, I've heard it's great. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. Is it good? It's like everybody says that. It it's it started a little slow because you know the the first arc is kind of him just getting into the school. I think I remember asking you. We're like, it's all right, and then it got. Did I ask you? Did we not have that conversation? Uh, maybe. I think I'm maybe. not sure, but okay. but like, yeah, so it you starts got off much just hotter on it. Yeah, it starts off with him kind of getting accepted and like the journey there. So a lot of the supporting cast just isn't there yet. I see. Which is typical of manga. You, mm-hmm. you, they like those things are character production. And then by like the hundredth episode, it's like, oh, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. So I mean, this show is really, really well produced. It looks great. The fight animations on point. The characters are really well drawn, um, both in terms of writing and in terms of animation. Um, and I'm just like I'm, I was hooked on it. I blasted through the like fifty some episodes that are currently available. That available. Now I'm just ready for season four next year or this year, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is just such a delightful show. And I got a Funimation subscription to keep watching it because the wow. first two seasons are dubbed on Hulu, but not the third. Homeboy doesn't subscribe to anything. That's a big deal. And I've gone from there and picked up some other shows that I've been really enjoying. Have you since canceled Funimation? Uh, no, I'm still using it. Oh, okay. Uh, because I've also been watching, and really quickly, I'm just throwing this out there, SSSS Gridman is a lot of fun. If you ever watched <laughs> Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, which was one of the many Power Ranger-alike shows of the 90s, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, this is an anime based on the tok- tokusatsu show that Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad adapted <laughs> that then in turn also incorporates elements of Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad into it. So it's like it's pulling both of the shows together into this weird, crazy... Anime, it's from uh, the studio Trigger, which if you know anime, they've done a lot of big shows. Um, I just, I'm really enjoying that. But yeah, no, My Hero Academia, I just, I went crazy for it. And, Very cool. And love that. Rich, what's your bonus pick? Um, my bonus pick is, um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with this one. Um, Guilty Pleasure, real simple. Sure. Um, there are two shows, both of which I believe were canceled. I know one of them was. Um, but I love uh, shows about like unlikely people that team up with detectives. Um, as bad as those shows generally are, I, now I, I think that Castle and The Mentalist truly are genuinely amazing shows. But most of the other shows like that are pretty subpar. But I like them anyway. Um, this year, those were Deception, which is where a magician teams up with a cop. Um, it got to, uh, canceled after thirteen episodes. Is that Cameron Black. Cameron Black <laughs> and his twin brother. Oop oop. And. Um, Take two, 
which I talked about a little bit on this podcast, but essentially it's an actress. Uh, she has a terrible breakdown on camera, like at some club, and loses her career. She has to build it back, so she gets an offer to roll in a detective drama, but she needs to follow a detective to learn how it's done. So they go and they solve some crimes, but she's a great actress, so she can put on disguises and go do, like, detective stuff with... Anyway, I only watched a couple episodes of it, but they were both really fun shows for me this season, so those are my guilty pleasures. Guilty pleasures, guys. I got, I, I got Diablo. Well, yeah. I mean, it's difficult for me. I don't... I kind of hate the term guilty pleasure because it's I, like, yeah. I inherently like... If I watch, yeah. watch something I like, it's like... I'm not guilty about it because why should I be guilty about something I like? I get it. No, I mean, it's more of a thing with, you know, just... I Yeah, I like what I like. Uh, but it's there just, is a show... It's shorthand. You know yeah. what I mean? I know. There's shows but... that, like, you know suck, but you like them anyway. No, there For is me, one. That's... And I don't even know that I watched an episode of it this year, but God knows we have the box sets. We'll do it eventually. Uh, this is a show I legitimately feel bad about, but... I just watch sitcoms. They just roll over me like water. So even when they're garbage, I a big I just part of that is them. the multitasking facet. Yeah, and I I don't like key in on this show, but I watch The Big Bang Theory. It's like the secret shame. I know. As long as you're not watching Young Sheldon, that's okay. Then <laughs> no, that wouldn't expanded universe. Yeah. No, um, I know it's a bad show. I know it's terrible. I think it, you know, God help it, it on occasion gets something right. It will occasionally hey. not be. Well, the thing I liked clock, about okay, every clock is right twice a day. I watched the Both earlier clock. seasons, and what I liked about it then was that it was more a show for nerds because they made nerd jokes in there. Like they're like they um like like Leonard would say like Come on, it'll be a good time. That's what you said about the Green Lantern movie. You know, like it was fun stuff like that. And then it went away from that. But I mean, I totally I, understand. Like, why, I can't. I, mean, you know, I don't think yeah. it's ever been like fully that because I think it's always it, had no, this even no. that complete, even that. It was never like Silicon Valley or anything like that, but like, but well, beyond it, that, but it's, it's like it's yeah. always fed into this just inaccurate culture of like, right. well, hot normal people don't like anything geeky at all, right, and they right. nothing about it. It's like when you go to the point that the main character, like one of the main characters who's like the hot girl, doesn't even know Star Wars. It's like everyone, like, yeah. did you see how much money those everyone likes Star Wars or at least knows it. And so it's just, it's very yeah. dumb, it's very poorly written, it's very bad, but every once in a while, it'll do something legitimate, like, they will actually be like, oh, if you're just getting into comics, you should read Fables, and I'm like, that's legitimately good advice! Yeah, wow, wow! It's yeah. a bad show, it's terrible, and it has, like, a lot of misogyny and cultural insensitivity, and, like, but I can't oversell how much I will just watch a sitcom because it's on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it started when I was in high school, I, I, god, it's been on You're for a big years. Sheldon fan, I mean, you know... <laughs> Um, so that is, I, I do feel guilty about watching that. It's all good. So I yeah, give you yeah. that. Kevin? Yeah. So mine, I've only watched a few episodes of, but, um, but I did watch, uh, Mine's MC, which is the second oh, show fuck. in the expanding Sons of Anarchy universe. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> um, and it is like, I mean, I still love Sons. Mine's is Tell like me, is infinite. this scene in it? Is this scene in it? That is in it. Vroom, vroom. That's in it quite a bit. Okay. That and I mean, in I mean, the main actor is good, and actually the villain is pretty cool. It does things a little differently, so it's not like a full on replica of Sons. Um, but it's still like the problem is that like I guess as I mean, Sons is unabashedly like filled with plot holes and storylines that take forever to conclude and stuff. But it always had a strong cast of characters that, like, keeps you emotionally invested. It just went on way too long. And, but, like, I was talking about a friend who is way even more into Sons than I am. And I was talking with her, and she watched some of my ends, and it's like, it's just the characters don't come close to that. 
Um, but yeah, so definite guilty pleasure. But um, but I, I mean, I probably will. Well, if it drops on Netflix, I'll probably watch yeah. more of it. But yeah, especially because you don't have five seasons to catch up. On. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. right there waiting for you. All right, right what's next? Uh, my bonus category is gonna be. Um, we'll go with what I think is a good one to kind of counter the new to you one, which is a uh, show you wish you'd watched. In oh, okay. 2018, because I'm sure we, we I, don't, I don't even have to say I'm sure. We all have those, because yeah. there's always shows you feel torn on. To me, there's two on this. Um, one is uh, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. I've started that. I've started it, too. I'm really enjoying it. I'm we really enjoying just it. got the Blu-ray, so I mean, we, we've been watching. Oh, the Blu-ray's out! Yes. Ooh, bye-bye CBS All Access subscription. <laughs> um, but no, I'm really digging it. I like the characters and the take on the world. It's just we haven't finished it yet, so I couldn't really care. Sure. How far in are you? Uh, seven, six or seven? Has there been a lot of really big twists yet? Because I heard there's some. There, there are twists. And like, to- I, I don't... <laughs> that's always your question. I'm like, yes? Um, okay. No, I appreciate it. But yeah, no, I think the story goes places you aren't... Actually, no, I'll definitely say that. Like, the pilot goes places I wasn't expecting it to. So I've seen the pilot. Uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, just the fact that, that it ends the way it did, and, and then things keep kind of going from there, that it's it's a really good series so far, I think. Um, the other one is a series of unfortunate events. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't watched me, season two yet. No, I heard I that it watch. had a series of unfortunate happenings this year when it got canceled, right? Well, it ended. Oh. They they adapted all the books. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. They, yeah it was always planned to be like oh, yeah. three seasons. There's like 13 books, and they do two, two episodes per book, per book, roughly. Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, the problem with series of unfortunate events is that I always enjoy it when we watch it, mm-hmm. but they're, they're, it's a TV show, but they are movies, essentially. Oh, yeah, no, they're, they, yeah. they They make essentially hour and a half movies out of yeah. each book yeah. on a TV budget, and so there's just that disconnect of, like, you know me in movies it's are not normally my big thing, sure. so, like, the fact that there are essentially now ten more movies we have to watch, right, we're still right. in the first season. I love that show. I like Neil Patrick Harris in it. The kids sure. are great. Um, Patrick Warburton as the narr- yeah, as yeah. Lemony Snicket is fantastic. Did you guys pay a lot for this? Like, oh, what, like 30 bucks for Discovery, or did you pay, like, less? It was, like, 30, probably, on Damn. Blu-ray. Awesome. All right, go ahead. Um, but, yeah, no, I I would love to, to finish that show. I'm in the same boat with that, but, like, I have other picks, but that, that I'm glad you brought that yeah, up. Because, yeah, because, I mean, and now it's, I think it's out tomorrow? Pro- I this think week, so, yeah, maybe? I know it was this week, because it always came out in January. What is that, yeah. like, the Blu-ray, or... Hmm? Let me snick it. No, no, the final season comes oh, out okay. this week. So the whole series will be there. We could just binge through it. Right. It's just hard to. But I've heard the third season's fantastic, and it yeah. like really deepens the characters, which I think the novels do, too. I mean, that was probably one of the first book series I really got into in elementary school. I mean, I, I just loved I it. Watch so, it. Like, Everybody yeah, says it's yeah. really fun. Oh, it's if you great. just want to have yeah. like a great time, which is funny because it's like all bad shit happens. Right, right. But... No, it's, but it's like Wes Anderson meets and from the men in black director is on that and it's just yeah it, oh speaking so of, you want to talk big surprises men in black whatever looks kind oh, yeah. of good international yeah, international yeah, yeah. looks good they yeah. know they're marketing that right to the right yeah. it can't be worse um, than men in black three so first of all <laughs> men in black two is the worst men in black so okay, it can't be okay. worse than that yeah. men in black three is all right yeah wow. I, I was just bored, okay but, that okay. sounds like an unpopular opinion there um, okay but uh What's your uh, uh, wish you'd seen? So, oh, I'll say American Vandal, because I don't think I can continue on this podcast without. But, like, um, but the big one, though, is, and, I mean, I love season one. It's just, like, with this show, I really have to be in the right mindset to watch because there you have to really pay attention. It's not the one I want to, like, if I'm tired after work, I want to tune on Legion season two. So, I just, um, I really want to get back into it. It's just, like, I was in New York when it came out, so I was traveling, 
and um, just got behind, and now it should be on on Hulu. So I'll, I I definitely will Is watch that it. Nude? I don't remember. I I need to check on that if it was. But Legion. Oh, I don't know. That's a great yeah, question. Yeah. I'm wondering that too. So, um, but I've heard nothing but good things about season two. It's, again, it's just one of those, like, it is uh, one you have to really be, you don't want to look at your phone or anything while you're watching. You want to really be invested in. So I it just need to set, okay, cool. So I just want to set aside some time for that. But yeah. That would be, cool, Rich. Um, my list has like 50 entries on it. So, <laughs> I mean, I can't go through them all. Just pick a couple. Um, I want to see The Sinner. Um, I want to see um, Night Flyers real bad. Um, you know what that is, right? Yes, yeah, the, the George R. R. Martin sci-fi show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to yeah. see Impulse on YouTube. I've heard that's good, believe it or not, but I don't. I'm never gonna subscribe to that, so I don't know how that's gonna happen. Show called The Split. I want to see. Uh, show called Babylon Berlin. I want to watch Catch Up on Good Place. Catch Up on Barry. Um, uh, you know, finish the Bodyguard, as you referenced earlier, jokingly, but it's definitely true. Um, watch the rest of Altered Carbon. I mean, on and on and on and on. Oh, Jack Ryan. I love the first two episodes, but that didn't have time. I mean, I, I mean, there's 50 more. Yeah, fair enough. So, there's sure. always more. Um, cool. cool. All where right. Are we so where are we, are we going Back negative? Kevin. Yeah, we're almost there with our last major category before we reveal our number one show. But before you can do the best, we got to do the worst. I don't know if I really have a worst. I don't know. Like, I what's mean, the worst thing you saw for even? Five I feel. Months? Yeah, we don't. I mean. It's not like you're saying this is the worst yeah. thing ever. And it's not right, like right. about negativity. We are a positivity podcast, but there are things that you saw that of the stuff you saw, what was the worst thing? Okay, well, I guess now you brought it up, like, Altered Car- Carbon really didn't do anything for yeah. me. And I thought, I mean, I guess because I thought it really was, I mean, Blade Runner feel. All of a sudden I'm wishing okay. I hadn't forced him to pick. But, like, uh, <laughs> sorry. I mean, again, that's not, it's not that it's bad. Part, okay, part of it, too, I was sick as mess when I, I thought, really, really oh, no, shit. no, worst. Oh, yes. well, uh, oh, well, all because this is all, saved. no, this is only because, like, I had, because that, now that brought my, back my memory of that week when I had pneumonia, I'm in the hospital. I had to sit myself through an episode of This Is Us because my mom was like, uh, "Why do people watch that?" You had that? pneumonia. Where, where's the sympathy? Oh my gosh! It, it was putting like, you through well, that. It's just like, and I'm not a person who like. Uh, I mean, like, I even saw a joke that said "Haunting of Hill House" is like "This Is Us" with ghosts. Like, changed my mind. You know that meme there. Um, but like, like I'm not at all opposed to heartbreaking, you know, tragedies and, like, heavy family drama and stuff like that. This but is it's us just with like, ghosts. That's pretty funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like, like it. That was, Somebody's I mean, pretty funny. Yeah, but um, it's that guy, you know, have you seen that meme? It's the guy with the standing behind a table, and it, says, it just says a sentence and changed my mind, you know, he's just standing there. No, but I, mean, I, 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 the minute you said changed my mind, I pictured it. Okay, that, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been done in a million different memes, but that's one of them. Um, but anyway, but I, yeah, this is us. I, I, I mean, I know I'm not trying to judge like an entire population of people because I know thousands of people watch that show. But from thousands the, oh, from the millions, millions, whatever. But from the small standpoint I got uns- of it, I could not fathom why no, people man. watch it. No, man. It's you just know, like, did you hear that my cancer went away? To, and this fast was, forward two episodes. This was the episode where we, where the family. I'm not in remission anymore. Yeah. This was the episode where we, where the family, in the past, where the family learns that Jack dies. And right. Just, and don't get me wrong. Like, like that's, that's horrible. No, it's heartbreaking. But it's but, like an entire show centered around that and just like breaking your heart every week. Let's just do this. That's the other thing. Whenever I see oh the clips gosh. of A Million Little Pieces, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah. A million little things. Yeah, a million little pieces. Right. The, the, the book about the scandal. Yeah. Book, yeah. 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 Oprah. Wow. I'm gonna do another deep cut here in a second. But um, 
a million little things. I see the clips of it during like the New Year's stuff that was yeah. going on last night, and it's all these like awesome scenes of like I'm never gonna give up on you. I've got your back forever, or we can get through anything, can't we, sweetheart? And I just think about like the 55 minutes that came before the we can get through anything, can't we? If we got through that, you know, and it's like the 55 minutes that never in the highlight reel, the misery that goes yeah. so that you can pay it off with a kiss at the end, and it's right. all better, right? Right. A deep cut I wanted to go on is you reminded me with the sick thing. You once remembered the name of the game that I was so sick that it ruined it. Do you still remember it? Oh. And every uh, time I play it, my stomach gets nauseous. Oh, uh, Ninja Blade. Yes! Yeah. Yes! Oh, man. That's the ultimate. <laughs> One time I offhand told him the story of getting, like, really sick for two weeks. I was just nauseous for two weeks. No reason. Mm-hmm. And I played this game Ninja Blade, and, like... It was horrible because yeah. I was sick the whole time. So every time that game, I see it or think about it, I get nauseous. Right, right. One right. time I mentioned that years after it had happened, and Jordan was like, that was Ninja Blade, right? I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> How do you possibly remember that? That's pretty anyway, good. Anyway, cool. I don't want to bash off the carpet, though. It was just like, I've heard, like, I, and it is one I think you really need to keep going under. But and like, get I into only the saw, world, like, yeah. Of the pilot and part of that, and I wasn't feeling well. I didn't, like, man. I, that show yeah. is made for rich, and, yeah. like, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I stopped too. Yeah. So like I can see why you'd be off put by it. Sure. Okay, cool. Where are we at? Uh your worst. Oh, okay. Um, so my worst is another one of these nobody's ever heard of, but it's called Ordeal by Innocence. It is based on an Agatha Christie. There is a series of two or actually three of these. You see them on Amazon Prime a lot. The first one was and then there were none. The second one is The Witness for the Prosecution, and the third one's Ordeal by Innocence. They're all remakes of Agatha Christie, but with like a modern flair. And they suck. And the worst part about them is that like they're pretty universally acclaimed by critics that are just like, oh, it's such a, you know, a daring new take on Agatha Christie's source material and blah, blah, blah. I put it, I, I watched it through and I was just like, everything about it was rubbing me wrong. I was like, I don't like the way that character's portrayed. Oh, really? That character who's supposed to be like a little dark and like the relatively upbeat Agatha Christie universe, all of a sudden like he's in the car cutting his arm and he's got all these tattoos and he's all like bad boy and it's just like ludicrously modernized and yet somehow everybody seems to be under, all the critics seem to be under a shared delusion that it's like brilliant and I just don't get it. Those or Kenneth Branagh's Orient. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that was your worst film of last year. Ooh, if I recall correctly. definitely. I will take. I, I would. I would binge watch all three of these in a row, <laughs> wow. rather than 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 even fall asleep during Orient. Jesus. That movie is every time I see it, I just get I get chills just about the wasted potential. I am the greatest Johnny detective. Depp is in it. I am the greatest detective in the world. Uh-huh, yeah. I love that. I wish I'm going to take a soundbite of you doing that. Do it. Okay. That was perfect. And then uh, it became this whole meme of him saying that ridiculous crap. Yeah. And then, uh, like, they'll be like, oh, take me on, take me on, believe on. It's a because I love that song, too. Right. But, yeah. Shame. Yeah. Anyway. Little right. Grace. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, all right. Cool, cool. Is that all you got? I, wasn't um, I forget. And what was oh it was worst. up worst yeah yeah, yeah. The, 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 the all of those and the one I saw this year was Ordeal by Innocence this just sucks and then I went back and watched like the Miss Marple version of it like from ten years ago that's like you know stodgy and, and and traditional and old school by comparison but oh my god it hit all the notes so well and I was like yep Agatha Christie material is still great it was one of those Raymond Chandler moments where he's like what do you mean they ruined my source material it's right there on the shelf 
I always reference that. Yeah. But it's true. I wish we, we got a, you need a counter so we can get to the 100th time that comes up on the podcast. I know, man. I know. Uh, I love that. I love that. I knew he was going to get a little irritated because I say it too much. No, I think it's funny. I, I'm like, it's 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 gone around now. I'm like, no, Good. it's just a part Good. of it. Good. Um, it's like, you know, you finished Mass Effect 3 yet? How, right, right. Yeah. But how often do we get to situations where, like, people fuck up source materials? So you can understand why it comes up. Yeah, I know. Um, my worst, again, I, just TV is different from movies because with a movie, you, you watch it. And then form an opinion with the TV show. If it's bad, you kind of stop watching it usually. Mm-hmm. So usually my worst is a superhero show because I watch them all out of right, a right. sense of obligation. You mean like um, Gotham? Yeah. Well, no, Gotham's just bug nuts. It like again, it looped it's around. Good, it's bad good. genius. Have right. they done long Halloween yet? Because I, I heard that was a thing. I think like, Calendar Man was in there. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. They're doing I, every Batman season. villain ever. It's over now, right? Like, it's the last season. Yeah, it is the last season. But they they have Bane coming up and. Uh, I hope his face is I just, covered. When so I saw those articles talk. saying they were going to do year one and long Halloween on Gotham, which is which Batman is not in, I was just uh, and he's yeah, basically in it at this point. But yeah, is he in it? He's like on the path. He like trained with Rachel Ghoul last okay. season. Okay, okay. Um, Please put the co- uniform on, like <laughs> the Bat Gimp. If you've seen his actual <laughs> vigilante costume on that show, the Bat Gimp. <laughs> yeah, I'll look I've it up seen in it. A I've seen it. Um, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Uh, but no, okay, my worst work. show is once again a superhero show, because and uh, this this is this is just it was a bad year. It, it was a very bad year, both in season. I'm gonna show this to Rich. Is Richard. this it? <laughs> yeah. No wait, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's an actual gimp. Look, to our no, listeners, is, please look this up. That is the the Batman suit, as it were. He's not Batman. Here's yet. a real gimp. Here's okay. back in. All right, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, All right, worst. <laughs> it's nice. Uh, Nice jacket, but right, this is Spencer's Killing Me, superhero show, and I don't, yeah. It's what? The Flash. Okay, um, yeah. The Flash was really bad this yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, season four was a really rough season. Yeah. I think it had, it had some highlights. <laughs> it had some highlights. Ralph Dibney's great. I Ralph think they, is awesome, and like, they, I don't know. They, but you know what I don't need from The Flash is another episode of Barry being holier than thou over gosh, a new yes. superhero. Yeah. And I think we got it at least three times between season four and present because he definitely did it to Wally again. And like and you he... said in the crossover, it annoyed me even more when you, that scene you were talking about where after they get back in your bodies, like earlier, Ollie thought, oh, Barry's got it all. He's all happy-go-lucky. And then he's like, you know, Barry, there's no burden you can't handle. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? You Barry messes everything up and complains all the time. Like, yeah. yeah, so season four failed to stick the landing, even though I thought it... It, it, it definitely had a problem with being like, Barry's going to be in prison for a week. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I knew that. Yeah. We're going to have, like, some cool things. I, like, I think Ralph was a great character in addition to the show. Right. I think that the impulse to be a little funnier and lighter worked in the first half of the season. I think sure. they definitely gave up on that in the no, back yeah, half. No, yeah, no, they did. Yeah. Which yeah. made for another grim dark half season. Well, like I said, like, the grim darkness didn't bother me too much in season three. Like, it was, I mean, it could have been toned down a little and it was a little excessive. But I, again, I was still invested in the plot in season three. Like when I think about when I binged that, it was like I was entertained and I was I kept going. Whereas season four was a slog to get through. And then with season five, I do think it is better. I do want yeah. to say that I think they they have again, a the, stronger the better thing. I, I, that's only from a few people I've heard. So yeah, um, no, I mean yeah. I think it has a stronger villain. Even though I feel like they could definitely do with half season arcs yeah, because. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're at the halfway point, and it's like, all right, I guess we have 12 more episodes of Cicada, even though they kind of, like, really fleshed him out and and all that. Right. 
Um, they have some cool concepts. They introduced meta tech this season, which is, you know, like a really goofy concept. I mean, yeah, it, I'm okay with the goofy concepts. It's that's, like the sort flash, of thing that opens the world up a little more sure. and allows them to do more, in, if not interesting things, new things. But there's just, there's a sense that it needed what Arrow did with like that injection of new blood. And what I yeah. love about season five of Arrow is that so many of the cast members left or were retired yep. or, you know, went in new directions. And they get a new team. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, you get new teams. You get Ragman and yeah. Artemis and uh, Wild Dog and, right. and um, Wild Dog's probably my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, 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 just just everyone new to the team in that season. But then Flash was like, we still have like a mm-hmm. crazy amount of metas, who've all kind of had stories told about them, and we're not really going to do much interesting with them this season. And, and it's like Caitlin; they've already done it. Well, they should have devoted a whole season to her, like first. Uh, yeah, they could have done and... more with her from season three into right. season four. But now that's sort of done. And now we're just kind of back to it's almost like it's everyone's that's kind of happened. hanging out, and it's just a really crowded Star Labs. Yeah. And we're not the only new blood we did get is again it's Barry being holier than thou and training a new speedster. Yep. And I'm like, good yep. God, we've watched this episode, and that's kind yep. of been my sense. They're solid episodes, but it's like we've done this, right, we've seen right. these stories. Barry Allen sucks. We get it. And I know Keenan is it Keenan Lansdale? Yeah. Like I know he left to do other things and stuff and that sort of, but. I wish he was still around because I love Wally. Like it, I it's like really it. unfortunate because they didn't know what to do with Wally for like a full season. Yeah, and, and they just kept popping him up in random points. He but was like, perfect on Legends, even he, if he, he ran into the Firestorm problem right. of getting punked out every week. Right, but there's so many more stories I think they could have told with him, and that I would have watched. You know? I mean, you know, his star is blowing up, and I, I like yeah. Keenan Lonsdale a lot, sure. so I'm I'm fine with. I get right, it. Right, right. But you know, it's like he like, wasn't the star. It's not like, like yeah. he'd been. If he was the Flash, I'm sure he would have. Stuck around. Oh, yeah, 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 he, yeah. He wasn't. He was always second fiddle on the show. Right, So right. it's like, even though he was a better Flash by the time Barry started being yep. a dumb idiot for the 17th time. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I'm still watching it. I do think it's better. I just, I, they need new blood. They need yeah. a new injection of energy. They, they need to do something different yeah. in season six, I guess, at this point. Yeah. Um, but because when I compare it to Arrow or Supergirl, the Legends, Arrow they're all doing better. Yeah. I mean, Arrow had an all-time bad season six. But it's mm-hmm. in a much stronger place now, so I, I I feel like it's going somewhere good. It's doing new things. Well, and and it, that's and it, the this trick the Flash doesn't seem to be able to pull off. And it's like you look at the trajectory of how Arrow got to season five and like and beyond. It's like they had a huge ups and downs and stuff, and like and I mean hit it lows in season three and four. And they looked at it and I was like, okay, what can we do? To, I, and they did a good job fixing that. I stuff. think the staying power of Arrow is that it is. Always the show that I like. Surprisingly, given that the other shows have actual like superpowered people, right. it's taken the biggest swings, mm-hmm. and that's led to some big misses. But it's yeah. also led to some really strong stuff. So yeah. like, I'm always invested to see where Arrow goes next. Sure, sure. Um, Flash was just bad this year, so that's my worst show. Yeah, that's fair. All right, where are we uh, at? Honorables. Honorable mentions. Yeah, okay. we can do those Slam. really quick. Bump, bone at your phone, all right, man. Yeah. What do you got, Rich, for honorable mentions? Okay. So, I have two, um, and I'm just going to say real quick, uh, actually three. Versace, great show, honorable mention. Could easily have been on the list, but it just didn't make it. Titans, I actually put that at like fourth or fifth, maybe sixth best show I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. I love it so yeah. far, but I haven't finished it. And then the Cormoran Strike series. So, J.K. Rowling has written th- four detective novels now, and they're like the best detective novels being published today. I, I think it's pretty safe to say they're phenomenal. And their main character, Cormoran Strike, um, is great. And they made a series on Showtime 
Uh, no, actually, it's the BBC series, but it's in co- collaboration with HBO or show. I think it's Showtime. But anyway, um, the series is good, but like it's not even an 18th as good as the book. So mm-hmm. it's like I want to celebrate it, but like it's not like you know the source material is so good that any movie based on that is by by extension really good. But it's not anything like reading the books, and, and I mean just because it's just there's so much more to the mm-hmm. books. All right, um, and uh, yeah, that's it. All right, my honorable mentions. Again, I mentioned some earlier. Succession is definitely one of my honorable mentions. Uh, Barry is another big one that oh, I I'm surprised really that didn't make the... Um, one Day at a Time, The Good Place, Jane the Virgin. Those are all just shows that are, are yeah. always solid, and, and I really enjoyed this year, so those are mine. Cool. I kind of talked about each of them in a yeah. little bit. So. Yeah. yeah, Titans and Black Lightning, and then the only one I didn't really get to talk about quite so much yet is Dragon Prince, and that one I loved. And I mean, the only reason I didn't put it as my favorite first season was because... The season is so short, and I feel like they... I mean, um, I don't know if it was a budget thing or whatever, but, like, I mean, it has a good That's ending. That's what they do now. Like, like yeah. Castlevania was four episodes, yeah, and now it's yeah. got a full season. Yeah. Same thing with that. It's probably... Sure. Like, the second season will probably be legit. Sure, sure. It's like a proof and, of concept Netflix wants. Right. And it does have a really good ending. I mean, it, uh, but um, as far as a fantasy animated series that's been described as, like, Game of Thrones meets Last Airbender, it just has everything I wanted. It's got, you know, um, the medieval kind of fantasy conflict. It's got... Um, a really delightful trio of younger characters, much like Anne Katara and Sokka and Last Airbender. Um, it's got a really diverse cast. There's, it has one of the better portrayals of disability with um, a deaf character that it brings on in, I think, episode four or something like that. I actually wrote a column about that. Um, and it's just a great show. And so a lot of people said, I mean, maybe not a lot, but some said they didn't really like the animation. I love it, uh, personally. But um, that's definitely honorable mention. And then, yeah, Titans of Black Lightning. Cool, cool. Uh, all right, well, that, I guess, leaves it to me to start. Though I have a more than slight suspicion that Rich and I might have the same show, but maybe I'm completely off. I, I think I might be, just based on that. No, I think you're on. Uh, okay. Um, I, again, there, there is a part of me when we make these lists that's always like, don't be predictable. <laughs> don't pick the same show a second year in a row. But then you watch the show, and you're just like, damn it, they made, like, the eight most brilliant episodes of TV I've seen this year. So, like, season two of American Vandal. Like, it, there's no competition. With a bullet. It it's was, not even close. After what was, like, such a strong first season that I love, that I've rewatched, that I I'm actually was rewatching with my mom just this weekend because she hadn't seen the show. It's so good. Um, it's I was rewatching it with season. another friend of mine as well. It's so good. Yeah. And there's new stuff to gather from it every time you watch it. The jokes that everybody makes that you didn't catch the first time. Yeah, I the mean, text on the screens and all the like. There's so much in there that it's, it's so packed. And then you're you're like, there's no way they're gonna pull this trick off and and go with with what seems like a more ludicrous outset, right? Because like the, the and a really off putting first season. I mean, first episode. Like the, the the spray painting of the dicks is like juvenile, but it seems like something that is realistically plausible, right? right. But then you get the. Turd I heard it's burglar. even based on something that really happened. Yeah, but then you get something like the turd burglar, where there's this guy uh, doing a chain series of poop-related crimes, and you're like, "Has it gone too far?" But then you know, it goes somewhere so deeply poignant and and relevant to today, and the way that the young young people interact and how they interact online. It it's it's hard to talk about without spoiling, and I don't want to because I wouldn't want to give anything away about either season of that show. But it just crushes it. Here's it's, the other thing too: season one. It, this is a debatable point. Some people really like the ending. I'd say about seventy five percent of people. I would be in that camp because I know we've had this discussion. You're in the twenty five. No, I'm in the seven. That who like it? Oh, 
I'm in the I'm in the I'm in the seven. I thought there was seventy five percent of people who kind of wish there was more resolution. No, I think it gets well. Oh, when you say resolution, do you mean in terms of like a definitive who done it type of answer? Yes. Yes. Oh well, I mean they give that they do, but they I just do. wish they'd make it more clear. No, but but what I'm saying is okay. I thought you meant the tone of like how how downbeat the ending. Is. Yeah, yeah, and also yeah, yeah, and I I just think that they could have anyway. I think season two ends better. That's I'll just put it that it way. It ends. What what I'll say about the ending of season two is it it ends similarly. Because I, I think on the individual level, it definitely still ends in a very downbeat manner. I think what it does is it ends on a more hopeful overall note. Which I think is smarter, in my opinion. I think that it, it's just so frustrating, the end of season one. And I get they're making a point, but because of the overall tone of the show, the show, what makes it so brilliant is the way that it balances that line between being quite possibly the most entertaining show I watched all year and one of the most enriching shows I've watched all year. It's, and it balances that line really well between reality and enjoyment. And I think that final episode of season one, and I've only seen the final episode once, so I'd have to go back and revisit it, and it may be better upon reconsideration, but when I first saw it, it left me a little colder than I wanted it to leave me. Fair enough. I think just what what's great about it, beyond it being as on, fingers on the pulse, is like... I talked about Gronish being very much in the day and like, mm. understanding youths. I don't think there's a more like this show knows what it's writing about moment than the fact that they integrate the the, the damn iPhone text glitch into their into the detection. into their entire mystery and how it like works into their logic. Like the fact that what was it like it became an A instead of an I or something right. for and a they couple use that days. For detection. That's the thing about it is it takes all of the tropes that I love passionately about detective fiction and it integrates them in a real-world setting that feels really mundane, but also plausible. That is a plausible thing you could use to detect with. The idea of, was he, in the first season, was he lying or not lying? This is, like, early on in the season. Was he lying or not lying about that kiss? And then, the, and then that like, the diagrams about it, and who could have possibly seen it if it did or didn't happen. It's jokey and hilarious how ridiculously seriously they're taking something ludicrous. Like, did they, didn't they kiss at summer camp? But at the same time, it actually has real, plausible connections to the mystery at hand. So they just they, they tow that line in a way that I, I... It's very rare that I watch something that, that I think, like, under no circumstances could I ever write it. Other things, I'm not saying I'm the best writer in the world. What I am saying is that given the tools and the, and the, 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 the help and the, and the, the years of, of working, I could see myself being as good as some writers. But these guys, I couldn't create that. Not as well as they did. Not under any circumstances on any planet. It also just... It's also just funny. It's a funny show. It's hilarious! It, it sets up things early on. Like, there's there's just... No no detail is left, like, unaddressed mm. in some way. It had a huge twist, season two. Yeah. That I saw coming pretty close to when it got revealed, but not before then. Yeah, no. It, it, it did a good job holding things close to the vest, but the clues are all there if you... Could have figured it out. There. And that's in both seasons, but this one it does it really well. I think it um, does a really good job, even though it loses the familiarity Peter and um, Sam have with like their own school. They still work as a great duo together. I love the two of them. serious and the other being a bit more juvenile. And, like, and, the and, whole... they, and they connect with the girl they stay with and there's some camaraderie that's built. Yeah. And then it, also with the, with, the, with the main suspect they build, you know. Yeah, it does a good job of fleshing out those characters a little more. And I don't think, not that the first season does it poorly, but it gives you a broader sense of the, like all the suspects and, and, and just... 
It's just brilliantly written. It's very funny. It's so it's well acted. It's on the pulse. It's just it shouldn't be as good as it is for what the premise I is. Know. And yet it is. I know it. Has, it's another show. It has even more so than the other one we talked about. It's just way better than it has any right to be with the ingredients that are put in there. I mean, funny or die stuff is all right. This is like mind blowing. How does that happen? You know. Anyway. Um. So yeah, it's one of those things where whatever the creators do next, whether it gives yeah, you a chance to I'm do cool season three I'm or cool just some it. other show, I'm cool with it. Right. Exactly. That'll be fine. Um, um, it's just it's so short too it's four hours like yeah, watch that by. shit right they, they, you just you get sucked in right um, I never I, I is the only show that I literally watch like two three episodes at a time I can't stop and I'm not like that with anything so um, so yeah American Vandal <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's I it's I you know it's okay yeah, you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 but yeah you know. no I will get to it mixed reviews promise, but yeah yeah but I mean mine's Pretty predictable because if you haven't, yeah, I mean, but Haunting of the Hill House mm. definitely makes my number one. Fair. Um, again, like it, uh, you know, I, I think a lot, I, it, as far as when people start this, I think you either get hooked right away or you're like, uh, you know, like Rich, you trying to see the appeal with it. And I would say, I mean, I, again, I say keep going, but, um, I don't know. For me, it resonated with me on several, I mean, because I've liked Mike Flanagan since Hush. For one, and I love the filmmaking in the show. It is just incredibly well shot. The writing is poignant, and I mean, I didn't. I came into the show knowing next to nothing about the source material, but I know it's a more bloody, very old school horror novel. And Mike Flanagan looked at it and said, "Let's make this into more of a psychological horror, and let's take this idea that's in the book and expand it into a family drama." Of this family has been traumatized by their experiences in Hill House as kids and with their mother and what happened there, let's juxtapose their adult lives and how dysfunctional they are with the story of them in Hill House. And that, to me, is like... It's just like how he does in Gerald's game. He does that kind of juxtaposition like that. Um, But... And, I mean, again, with, with Mike Flanagan, it's like, okay, Hush is about a deaf and mute woman trying to you know, out well trying to combat a serial killer. Gerald's game sound I mean, sounds terrible on paper, let's face I mean, like a woman chained to a bed for the entire movie and um and, you know, dealing with the essentially the ghost of her husband and all this thing and psychological terrors. And then this one, they don't sound good on paper, but they're amazing because of his ability as a director, as a writer, to inject so much character and so much depth and so much drama. And I think he does that all in this show. And I just wish oh. they weren't so focused on forcing a little kid who doesn't want to get traumatized by a funeral. <laughs> I know you're talking to about attend scene. this damn funeral. He's like, I don't want to see my grandma dead. I just don't want to. She's like, It's good for you. I promise. He's like, I really don't want to. It's really good for you. I promise. And it goes on for like thirty minutes. Look, I like cats, man. That second episode messed me up. It's I like, like ah, I care for that. I find it funny, and this is this is just because he works with the same actresses. That yeah, the same two actresses have now thanks to played each other's mothers. Each yes, other's mothers. That's, I thought that's, about that. That's too. enlightened thinking. Yes, right, it's really cool. Now, I I, uh, I from what I've seen, it is a top quality show that I've just had trouble getting into. No, there's no that, question that shows high quality. That's fair. I would say if you're not like, uh, well, I mean, I think I, I mean just get through this episode two. It's definitely not like I kind of, when you started talking about it because again I mainly been I mean I watched it in the span of. 
not a full binge about, about watched, a week about a week yeah a little less i remember when um, you were in the in the heat of it right and so i kind of forgot about that altogether you know because it's so immaterial at a certain right, point because right? everything that happens after that is just so good um but and a lot of people didn't like the ending but i don't know i thought it was i mean wasn't my favorite episode but i thought it worked and it it gives you some levity i think it just has that, that i think it's I, I again i'm speaking out of complete ignorance here because i haven't seen it but i do know that it's on a lighter note and i think that's just that whole thing that always annoys me about um you know criticism of of stuff yeah. the best stuff is like like in the video game world the best things are red dead redemption 2 it's only okay right. until the horse dies and horrible shit happens and people die and it's just tragic and horrendous then all oh, you know master class bravura yep you know and it's just like well, and oh it's... my god and it's like oh if you're now don't get me wrong schindler's list is a freaking masterpiece right but if you're schindler's list and you're dealing with the holocaust you win that's right. a bad example because that no, 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 no. no but i know what you mean like it's actually for that reason i'm going to have a controversial opinion on the film episode i'm not gonna spoil it here oh good but yeah um but that's the thing i liked that it had levity and i liked that it was as much about this family overcoming their trauma as having to face it, and I, it. I, I think especially after you anyway i'm yeah. with you i don't want to talk too much about it because i don't want to go into it right right see right, it. right right um but, but um, yeah on a hell house is my favorite cool, cool cool awesome well hey on that note um we will be back soon with film. You guys will be back with comics, and we will be back with gaming best of the year lists for the rest. Sweet. Um, right? Yep. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was awesome. This it's was great, great to have the band back together in one room. Hope it happens again. We'll definitely make sure something like this happens at Heroes Con if possible. But um, on that note, I am Rich Lapore. Jordan Alseka. Kevin Shaver. We'll see you soon. Take care.